Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Opinions and Buttholes. Everyone's got one. I'm Jake. I'm Matt. Let's talk about it. You better ask somebody. Let's see. Check. Testing. One, two, one, two. Check, check, check. There we go. Yeah. That's nice. I got a Polish friend. Yeah, yeah. Who's a sound guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta check one, too. <laughs> That's so funny. Your sounds pretty good. I think mine's a little high. Yeah, yeah. Just a hair. All that noise in the background. You already recording? Yeah. <clears throat> just adjust this down just a hair. Yeah, right there. Check. Mm, it's a little bit too. Right yeah. there. Yeah, right there. Hello. How's mine? Yours is going all the way good. Yeah. Good. I think that'll be good for mine, too. I moved it away a little bit, so. Yeah. Check, check, check. Yeah, that'll be good. How's your volume in your headphones? Really good. I think I, it was down lower. Uh, last week when we recorded, I think it was just down a little bit. Yeah. I said you couldn't hear all that well. When I pulled this out of the bag, I checked. I'm like, oh, it was down to like four or five. Yeah. It's, we, we normally keep them at like seven. Yeah. Seven or eight. Let's see. What are they at? Just so we can hear each other pretty decently. Yeah, they're up. They're both up to six right now. Nice. We got a little bit of noise in the background. They're cleaning up dinner. Made some, made some burgers. Is this a new one? Uh, which what a flavor? Yeah, it should be. So got the cap on it. Yeah, I I try to keep them in. So like when I'm out on route, there's no I don't get dirt, dirt inside. This one's whatever worms. Yeah, that's like a it's like a blue raspberry gummies. Mm. Try it. It's pretty good. Mine it's tasty. Mine. I got this. Uh, this one's bad rainbow. I had you try this one. This yeah. one's fairly new too. I just opened this one because I, I found a. Call me a seagull. <laughs> mine. 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 I found a website that has them for half price from what they have, what they sell them at at the vape shop here. So this one's mine. You want that one? Yeah. Yeah, you can have that one. Okay. Cool. Sweet. You can have that one. Heck yeah! Thank you. I've got I've got two of these. This bad rainbow. I've got some of these. I've got a peach. I've got a peach mango. Oh my and then God, I've got good. a berry. I've got a berry one. That is so good. <laughs> you like that? <clears throat> and then I, I just ordered, I ordered two more. So these ones, so I bought two, one for Amanda and one for me. It's $49 at the vape shop. Jeez. But they'll, they'll last like two weeks. Right. So, I mean. What are these 7,000 hits? Those might, these ones are eight, 8,000. Well, is that an eight or a nine? Oh, that's 8,000. Pretty sure it's an eight. 8,000 plus. Yeah. You get eight thousand. The ones that I order are either eighty-five or nine thousand. I think they're nine thousand. No, this will last me a long time. Yeah, that'll that last you a while. Because like, I still smoke too. Like so. I have, I have uh, the one that I just replaced with this one, so that I was using alternating using two, and I got I think three weeks out of both of them, and they nice. still have a little bit a little bit of juice left. Heck so yeah. these ones are pretty nice. So that's not too bad. So that's 40. Well, these ones, two of these, I think it's still right around $48, $49 for three weeks. Online? No, here. Here. What are but they online? I can get them for, with shipping included, I can get two of these for 30 bucks. Jeez. Yeah. I just ordered two other ones, another a different brand we're going to try. And th those ones are cool because they're wireless charging also. So you oh. can char charge them wirelessly. They're a little bigger. They've got, a, like, I think they're... I think they're 9,000 puffs, something like that. Heck yeah. 
So we're going to give those a whirl. We'll see how that flavor works. We'll see. Well, this one, I like these because this is a brand that I use their juice in my other vapes, in my actual little mods. You put the smiley mm. face sticker on there? Nope. They come like that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, I, I will take it and enjoy it. <laughs> he, claimed, he claimed the new one, the, the raspberry, blue raspberry gummy. The whatever worms. God damn. He gave it a try and he said, mine? Yeah. <laughs> mine? Mine? Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, we're recording. No, I can't make jokes. That's funny. You got some. <laughs> she had some white shit of, rolling down her chin. White stuff on her chin. It's the <laughs> coleslaw from the sandwiches. Oh, oh man. Oh my god. We made beer battered, fried, deep fried walleye po' boy sandwiches. Fresh, farm to yeah. market. Yeah. Farm to table. So caught some, caught a couple walleye yesterday while we were fishing. Would have been nice to catch some more. It would have, you know, like we were talking on the way home. I thought it was funny because I was telling, who was I telling? I think I was telling Carrie about it. I was like, yeah, so we caught two walleye in eight hours. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and you know, like the limit, you know, uh, limiting out is five a person. So we could have gotten 15, which don't happen all the time, you know, but two fish in maybe three hours isn't bad <laughs> but yeah. two fish in eight hours well we got two, a little rough but it's probably five hours probably we caught those hours, yeah. we caught those two so but we're gonna try next one of the times we go i want to try i want to get leg core and try with cranks like those other guys because there was two guys that pulled out of the water right after us right after us that they got nine yeah and they were in a different spot too yeah they were they were on the other side of the river yeah after we got out there though i didn't really want to drive out there it was it bad. was so choppy was really bad choppy and waves and big old waves like I, i'm usually pretty good on the boat and i was almost to the point of throwing up yeah we were rocking so i told hard. you i had i've got that dram i mean i know but i don't like taking stuff like that i don't know it's i'm, I'm weird about taking medicine oh i love dram i mean <laughs> if the va if the va prescribes it to me i'll take it because it's for something that they say i need it for like i'll take it then but I'll get a doctor's note for you. I'm almost out of my Arvastatin. What's that for? Uh, what is that for? Cholesterol and high blood pressure. Oh. But I, I refilled it Friday night, and it probably won't be here till next week. Shoot. So I'm gonna need that, another. I'm gonna need a high blood pressure medicine too. I think that Arvastatin is pretty good. Uh, it's kept my cholesterol down pretty good. Then I take Jim Fibrazol for uh, um, triglycerides. Yeah. Because my because tri- I drink way too much soda, and my <laughs> triglycerides just skyrocket. And uh, um, then I take mirtazapine for depression and PTSD. So I got to take three pills every night, but well, that's fine. This is PTS. PTS. Well, yeah, PTS. I figured that out listening to a podcast. Yeah, a lot of oh, they've geared it towards. <clears throat> not calling it a disorder anymore because, because it can be treated because you can treat it and you can i mean you can do some good therapies with it that yeah. really really help there's a lot of good stuff out there now that now that people are realizing that it is a real thing and not just calling it what was it world war ii and they come back they just shell, call shock. It shell shock and yeah like, just it's just it's just shell shock you'll, you'll get over it but yeah that's no. That does some. That does massive trauma in your brain. I, I bet it's. Uh, well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep the disorder on there because case by case. I mean, there's guys like me that only seen a little bit of stuff that you know. Like I, I grew up in a really good, really good close home. 
you know, like we all get along, we all hang out, we love hanging out with each other. My parents never made us feel like we weren't loved. You know, like we always had a good place to go home, you know. Yeah. And I was raised up in the church as a Christian <clears throat> and I was raised up, you know, to be respectful and all that stuff. And uh <clears throat> I, my water. I, can't I think uh Thank you, with all that being said, I think that uh my uh my i wasn't made to see that stuff so even the little bit of trauma that i experienced over there kind of messed me up so i might have pts but you take a an infantry guy that did five tours over there that ended up having to shoot 50 people and watched 40 of his friends get blown up and killed i mean i can't imagine the trauma that goes with that especially if he was raised like I was. Can you turn that off? The stereo? Sorry, the game. The get, we, got, we got the Dallas and the San Francisco game on. And yeah, I forgot Sunday to turn football. The, oh, fumble. Yeah, and it stayed in bounce, and they got the ball back. That's why you got to hold on to the ball. Yeah, but they you see how the guy did it when he reached around, he punched yeah. at the ball. Yeah, it's did. hard. Them guys are so strong. A lot of times they end up doing that. Now they did the flea flicker <clears throat> for an open George Kittle. And he got it, touchdown. Right. We're good now. I don't hear nice. it anymore. Yeah, no, we can't hear it no more. But like I was saying, Sorry, you know, back um, to what you're a guy that goes over there five times, shoots fifty people, sees forty of his friends get blown up into pieces. But he don't he don't want to commit suicide. He thinks about it every day but he don't want to do it. Um, how much, Especially if he was raised the way I was, how much trauma is that guy experiencing? That might be That's something that he could talk to someone about every day for the rest of his life and never get over it. Then yeah. you still have to add the disorder. It really depends on, like you said, case by case. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got you got a good support group. You got a lot of a lot of good family, a lot of good friends. and So I would still, <clears> I mean, <throat> personally, I would still call it PTSD because it is a disorder that can be treated. Yeah. I mean, but if you just take the disorder off there, then it's just post-traumatic stress. Everyone that goes over there experiences that. I mean, you're in a very stressful situation still doing your job. You're going to experience some sort of PTS. Yeah. But when you come back jacked up like that, dude, I mean, I got a buddy that went over with us the first time. He was the first Australian ever injured in the war. His name's Peter Vernardos, and he was a staff sergeant, Staff Sergeant Peter Vernardos. And, uh, he got burned when we were there the first time and uh he got sent home got fixed up came back he went home for like two months or something like that came back and then i got out of the service in 04 and he went back 05 to 07 with the company that i went with because they left at the end of 05 came back in the beginning of 07 so they say 05 to 07 deployment jeez and while he was there his tank got hit by a tank mine and uh he was the tank commander and all three of his crew members died in the same blow up. You know, so he got injured. Explosion. He got injured the first time he was there, and then went back and then got injured again. And all three guys and in his tank got he killed. Was the only one to survive. Jeez, that that causes a lot yeah. of stuff. There's survivors guilt. Oh yeah, that happens for sure. Like, like just that's a that's a real thing. People have experienced that, and they just yeah. they have a hard time getting going through <clears> that. And and there's a lot of stuff. Going. I mean, I, for my my psychology one on one course when I was doing college i actually wrote a paper on ptsd that was my my paper for the year right just because even even that many years ago how long ago was that Jeez, 
what was that? Almost 15 years ago? I think it was almost 15 years ago. <clears throat> I wrote a paper on that because I mean, even even 15 years ago, it was still now. Now people are like, yeah, that's a real thing. But even 15 years ago, it was yeah. still not widely recognized as a real thing that your brain does holds on to that trauma. And it's not just, right. I mean, like it was my paper was heavy on like soldiers talked a little bit my my stepdad's experience and some of the stuff his a little bit that he that he has has to work through and um i mean i even added like other things like um, like women who are raped that that causes oh, ptsd yeah, for sure. i mean your brain just does just does e EMTs, something emts can get ptsd yeah having to go to a wreck and, being, and little kids getting killed in car wrecks or getting yeah. hit by cars i'm sure i'm sure all those firefighters that went to went to the trade center they all got it they all they all had it suffered it in some oh, yeah. one one way or another i mean some people just everybody's brain's a little different oh no so yeah. they they experience it in different ways and they they recover from it in different ways that's but a that's a very serious conversation we could have someday just on ptsd yeah like i mean that's one of the re that's one of the big reasons why uh, when we, I mean, when we started fishing, we were trying to fish a lot because there was a there was a campaign going that thirty hours in in August. Yeah, for veteran thirty suicide. for to help with veteran suicide. It's a, there's a company they do a, they do all kinds of other stuff too, walks and runs. They get try and get people to do donations because that's their big push is to help lower the number of of veteran suicides. Because what is it the re reported numbers? It's like forty five a day. 44 45 a day veterans yeah so i was that's telling you about reported. that i was telling you about that saturday i think and i was listening to that sean ryan well that was friday when we got back to the center yeah, yeah when we were uh the sean ryan show uh if, if you're if you're listening to us right now go find the sean ryan show and listen to it he talks to a lot of combat veterans and uh talks to them about what they've seen over there and the ptsd they have and how they deal with it so the last show i listened to there was a command sergeant major Tom Satterley, and uh, he was in Mogadishu during the Somalia, mm -hmm. during Black Hawk Down. Yeah. He was part of that whole group that went into Somalia that day, and he talks about that. And he said before they started, uh, Sean Ryan said before they started the interview, he says, this is the last time he will ever talk about this. And when you're listening to it, there's a reason that he said that this is the last time he'll talk about it. Yeah, because I can't. He starts, I can't. I can't even imagine. That's just opening up. Yeah, it wounds, brings back all of his trauma. Bring all that back to the surface and having to yeah. relive that. And he, that was a really hard time for him. And he'd only been in. What? <coughs> what? What? What was? When did that happen? Ninety, ninety-three, maybe. Well, I think I don't remember. I Ninety-two think so. or ninety-three. He'd maybe been in a little bit. I don't remember when it happened. Maybe it was in eighty, eighty-nine or something like that. But whenever it happened. Um, he hadn't been in super long and he was already in the teams, you know, for the Delta force. And they went over there and, uh, you know, he talks about his friends getting hit and his first kill and you know, just the stuff that happened over there. He started crying and stuff, you know, like talking about his friends that died and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he did, and then he did, uh, how many more deployments, you know, as Delta, Imagine the shit Delta people see. I bet they see some crazy they're stuff. They're elite covert operations yeah, they're, unit. They're going in. They go places like he, he talked about his career, but I guarantee there's a there's at least fifteen places he went that he can't talk about. Oh yeah, they're you doing know? classified missions. Oh yeah, just stuff that yeah he can't yeah. even mention some of the places he went. And uh, well, what I was getting at is listen to the Sean Ryan show, listen to the Tom Satterley interview. It's uh, three episodes, 
And it's very interesting to listen to the guy talk and what he dealt with because his wife, his second, third, fourth wife, I don't know, he'd been married quite a few times, but the woman he's with now, her name's Jen. And uh, she's like his rock, you know, but he's like, he was the type of guy that, you know, he's happy, go lucky, let's do anything. But, you know, as soon as you, as soon as he feels embarrassed or that you're yelling at him or getting like violent with him, he goes straight to rage. Like he just snaps. And uh, he says shit that he probably doesn't mean, but that's how he deals with the trauma he's had. Yeah. He just goes straight to rage. And she said, there's like seven times that he threatened to kill himself. Like uh, shortly after they met, he was sitting in a car and I I don't know if I should be talking about this. If anyone hears this, I mean, I don't know if I can get copyrighted or something. Well, I mean, you're just telling what you heard on yeah. what you learned on, on the a podcast. Pub- on a um, public source, but <clears throat> so he was sitting. We're not we're not playing the episode for it. Right? right. They had showed up to uh they had showed up to do some sort of conference or something and he always helped her carry her stuff and he was just having a really bad day that day and she uh she got out and he's like, Well, I'm gonna make a phone call. And he stayed in the parking garage and they were somewhere it was like hundred and fourteen degrees in the parking garage or something. She thought that was kinda odd. And as she's walking in, she's like, this just seems weird. So she texted him, says, you're going to be late or you're late. And like he said that he read that text and put the gun down. Said he was just going to kill himself. He didn't feel like being here no more. That's that's crazy. And then they had her on there during part three. And she was talking about the statistics because they run a foundation called the All Secure Foundation where they help veterans. They take veterans, because what they do is they don't just, everyone focuses on the veteran, the veteran, the veteran. They don't focus on the wife that stuck by that veteran the whole time and the trauma she's gone through because of him. So they help the com- they help the couples, they yeah. help the wives too, and the kids. They're trying to get into a point where they can help the kids too. And uh, they take the couples on couple retreats and stuff like that. So. They they really do a lot for the veterans, and I'm all for that. But she said that, you know, she she didn't think 22 a day was like a real number. Like, that's crazy that 22 veterans a day take their lives. And she was talking to somebody at the VA, and they said, well, it's actually more like 17. And then she looked into it further, and the real number is more like 44 a day. Yeah, just the numbers. So 22 is just reported. Yeah. That's what's known. Yeah. There's... There's, um, there's more <clears throat> that's that's a lot of people well break it every down. single day break it down since since iraq started well and that's an average so there could that's be a average. day where there's 50 so there could be a day where there's yeah. 15 right and all those together average out that's that's yeah. just too many it's just still too many she said since iraq started since 2003 since iraq started so in the past 20 years she said depending on who you talk to because everyone has different numbers on it she said, depending on who you talk to, everyone that she's talked to, it's between 60,000 and 140,000 veterans have taken their lives since Iraq started. That's that's crazy. That's too, one's too many. One is too many, yeah. Our veterans the same thing. should be the most taken care of people on this planet. And that's why we've talked about, uh, we, well, we've talked about it and we're, we're, we're going to get it going we have it's going to take a little while but we want to do a same same kind of foundation as them helping veterans and their families just yeah. providing resources doing stuff like that like like we said like on the other episode when yeah. i win the lottery i'm gonna all most of my money is gonna go into right. the company and we're buying boats and we're buying we're buying 
just Traegers and we're buying giant barbecues and we're going to have cookouts and yeah. just do family days and it's just stuff like that. Yep. Just, and we're just, I want to give back to the veterans. Being a veteran myself and you coming from a veteran family, we understand what it takes to have that title. Well, I understand a small fraction, a small fraction of what, what is under. Is I, there. I'll put it this way. You understand what the <clears throat> family nucleus goes through while yeah. that person's away. Yeah, I understand I did, what happens did, when they're away. He did multiple. He did, I want to say two or three. One of them was for 18 months. Yeah. And that was probably what Gulf War. Yeah. 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 He was on ship. He was on a Naval ship cause he was, he was Marine. So that's part of the, part of the Navy. He was out on ship. I mean, he, they, they putted around all over the place and he was actually in, he was he was on the ground somewhere. I know. He, I want to say he he brought some stuff back from patches. He had some patches. I want to say he was in Kuwait. Yeah, I don't know exactly where everywhere he was he was at, but he was there for Desert Shield, and Desert Storm. Yeah. So he's he saw he saw some stuff. I don't know everything that happened. Oh, yeah. He's never really talked much about it. And you know, there there wasn't from from like the army standpoint, from like regular army, regular marine. Uh, not the elite groups, not the people that were infantry and stuff like that. There wasn't a lot of combat in the Desert Storm and Desert Shield. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 80% of the Americans that died over there died from friendly fire. That's crazy, too, because you is. just don't know what's going on, and it's hard to— And that's why tankers nowadays have to go through, like, every one or two months, they have to be recertified in tank identification. Yeah. They bring all the tanks. They have pictures of all the tanks from all the different countries. And you have to be versed in tank identification because what happened a lot is Bradleys would get out in front of the tanks in the Gulf War. They'd get out in front of the tanks and the tanks would be like, oh, there's an enemy. Boom, shoot it. Yeah. And you'd kill seven or eight infantry guys hitting them with a tank round. And, you know, I, I, I get where they're coming from. It's dark out there in the desert. Nothing silhouetted. I mean, you, you look out there and you just see a, a wheeled vehicle coming and then it turns. I mean, yeah, you don't know what's, I mean, you're, you're in that fight. You don't know exactly yeah. what's going on. And, and a lot of, a lot of it is a uh, strategy communication movements, you know, uh, the, it's all coordinated so that now the Bradleys don't get way out in front of the tanks like that. And the tanks don't get way out in front of the Bradleys like that. Yeah. They move in more of a secular motion to, gotcha. to get out there so that you don't have as much friendly fire because it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, even if everyone in Williston lined up against everybody in Minot, and we all get interspersed and you're shooting at somebody, a round's gonna hit somebody you know. Yeah. I mean, rounds go through shit. And sometimes they hit shit. Friendly fire is always gonna happen. Always. People are we're not machines. We're not calculating people. We are what 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 is a what did uh that, that Tom Satterley said something that kind of resonated with me. He says when you get in a situation like that, it's fight, flight, or freeze. Or freeze, yeah. Yeah, so I'd never really heard the third F. I didn't know there was three Fs. So I got four Fs. <laughs> fuck, fight, fighter. <laughs> fuck, flight, fight, or freeze. Yeah, no. Uh, so th the three Fs, fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. And I didn't know about that. But when you get in them situations, that's what you got. Yeah, you just your brain just goes back to a primitive nature. You just go back to your animalistic instincts. And, and the and elite can... units have always – the elite units have always um, – really focused on communication and maneuver and planning yeah that way like <clears throat> when he was in mogadishu they were in a building you know where uh you've seen the movie the black hawk down that's the one with josh harnett josh harnett yeah right he's, yeah yeah he's a ranger hel helicopter crashes yeah. behind enemy lines they get they shot go, down they go get him 
Yeah. Yeah. So you've seen it. Yep. I've seen it. So that you one. remember the part where Josh Harnett's like on that corner securing that crash site and his company's in that little building there on the floor there? I think so. It's on been a long time. Floor. So in real life, Tom Satterley was just across the street from them. Oh, wow. But they didn't so really was, put them in the movie. I mean, they were over here, but they told but he was there. some of the story. He was, he was right there. Right there. He was right next to the crash site. And he said the worst part was, and and I don't, I don't know how many people, you know, um, this it's really sad when he, when he said this, but like them, them pilots that got killed and stuff like that, that they couldn't get out of there. They had to flee out of the country because they mm -hmm. were taking too much fire and stuff. You know, they had to get out of there after yeah. they detonated the helicopters and stuff. He said that the Somalis sent back the people in bags. Oh, geez. But they, I mean, he returned the people. They, they returned the people to the military, but they were just in trash bags. And he said one of the spouses of one of them guys, he's talked to her, and she still can't use trash bags because of that. Jeez. Because she found that out, you know. The, the, I don't know if they told her or what, but she found out, and now she can't ever use trash bags. It traumatized her that bad. Yeah. So I can only imagine how a spouse feels that loses somebody in war like that, especially in a bad situation like that, you know. Um, I got so much love. They say the hardest job in the military is to be a military spouse, and I honestly believe that a woman that can be faithful and rock hard for that guy and be his rock for that many years, my hat's off to them, man. Them are the people that should be honored the most. Yeah, the families go through go through a lot of crazy stuff, too. A lot, a lot of, of adjustment. Because, I mean, there's, like, just from being a child of military household, I mean, we had our own. Yeah, we've had this talk. We had, like, because, I mean, one of them, he was gone. I think one of them was, one of them was for, like, for a year, for 12 months, and then he did an 18-month deployment. And just both, I mean, you have to adjust to a whole different schedule. And, I mean, she was there taking care of us just on her own. And then all of a sudden, he comes back with just i mean he's done a different lifestyle he's got a trauma yeah. he's bringing back trauma so and then we got to readjust and it's just and not even that you know like your mom um, what what is it uh joel coy's mom says i'm the mother and the father <laughs> i i make the bacon and i cook that shit too <laughs> so that's what your mom did for 18 yeah. months yeah. and then he comes home and he's the dad and he just tries to reinsert himself right away as the father and it like he never left yep so you can't do that you're gonna ruin your wife you cannot do that. You have to find out where her schedule is, how she handles the kids, and you need to learn again. Yeah. You've been gone for too long, and you've been traumatized. I think I, I think some of what helped is we had, for, I'm pretty sure for both of those deployments, we were living on Camp Pendleton. So she had, I don't know who, because I mean, I, I was oblivious to a lot of it because I was a kid just running around playing, right, going right. to school and doing stuff. I'm sure she had, um, she had a good chunk, good support fairly good support system i for part of it also that's where she got uh training because she's talked about it on on if you want to listen to some of that story on the uh on the vegas interview wasn't it i think was she it talked vegas? about she talked about the dental Possibly. training and stuff yeah she was able to go to the naval naval hospital and one of the one of the naval clinics and do a bunch of training because they needed people yeah so she she had some support there and interaction with other people and she kept help she supported herself a lot too because she kept herself busy. Yeah, she kept busy and she was able to get stuff done and do yeah. things. And, and it's a good thing that the military <clears throat> had um, things set up like that yeah. for her. Luckily, you know? luckily, we had a bus system, so we were able to jump on the bus, and the bus brought us home. and And her, uh, my grandmother helped a lot. We were able, and the, the just <clears throat> they lived just outside of the just outside of one at the back gate of Camp Pendleton, so the school bus was still in that the base of that in that school district. So on times where we couldn't come straight home, we would go to our grandma. 
Ooh. Sorry. It's all right. What was that? My phone. Oh. We were able to go to my, the bus would drop us off down the corner of my grandma's house down on, I still remember, it's Michael Street. There you go. My grandmother's house was 625 Michael Street. Perfect. <laughs> off of, I think the other cross street was Douglas. What was your main. first address? First one. You know, I don't remember the first, first one, but I remember we lived on, uh, when we were on Camp Pendleton, we were, we were 105B Birch Street because it was a duplex. There you go. On Camp Pendleton. And then, um, but because when my parents first got married, they were in an, an apartment because I was like, I was like two, something like that, two or three. And, and that was with your stepfather. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then we were. Because uh, your mom and your father never got married. No. No. No, they didn't. And then we did. We were two years. Uh, my, they were. We were stationed in Okinawa. That's where my sister was. One of my sisters was born. So you've been over there. Like, you just don't remember. Yeah, you're I, don't so remember young. I don't remember. I don't remember. So little. Right. My mom, my mom says she loved it. Just because oh, being dude. back. I mean, that's your. That's. That's, that's our, your native. That's land. our culture. That's yeah. our, one of our native lands. Yeah. So she loved being in Okinawa, and that's where that's the that's the same island my grandmother's from. She was from Okinawa. Oh, nice. So it's pretty cool. So, so she got got to experience a bunch of that. I think my first day. Well, I grew up in a trailer park, and uh, I lived there till I was like thirteen or fourteen. So our first address was eight four four South South Jonathan Lane. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember that. Uh, Mandy, do you remember the first address you grew up in? No? No. We moved too much. I okay. remember the nicknames I had for them. The nicknames? The cold house. House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. You guys, I helped Hill. you. That's the house you were living in when I met you, first met you. You were moving out of that house. That's the one we talked about where your dad lived just above you guys or something. And then the other house, store. yeah, the one where she talked about where that screwdriver came flying out of nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that That's the one you helped to move out of. Yeah, I helped right. to move out of the house next door. And everybody everybody helped, a bunch of people helped, a bunch of the, the kids, for the teenagers and the rest of the kids in from like the church group, they helped them load up. But then nobody was there to help them unload <laughs> the trailer, the U-Haul. Right. Well, I was like, oh man, that's kind of crappy. So I stayed, I stayed and helped her, helped her dad. And I mean, her brother was really, really little. Shoot, what is he, 12? Yeah. He was like 12. So he wasn't that much help. So I helped him, helped him unload. And her, her dad bought, bought some pizza for me. And we had some pizza there. Nice. He was thankful because everybody else kind of, they helped him load up and then they left. They were moving to the town just further down. I mean, not even that far, 20 minutes down, 15 minutes down the freeway. But uh, nobody else was able to. They just kind of. wasn't even down the freeway. It was just down that little road. Cause you came oh down yeah, the hill you came down the hill. Like you connected to that road, and you went. You went down to the light, yeah. and then took a left and go up. Go up on that one. Mm -hmm. What was that? Cannon. Yep. Cannon Street. I remember quite a few of the addresses. Like uh, when when I was a kid in Oregon, I don't remember the house number. But we lived on Wasco Street. Yeah. What was it? it was like fifteen or they were single. Did they were double digit numbers like like 80 or something like that i don't remember but it was i don't, um, I don't like remember Wasco street i don't remember any of the addresses i lived at when i was in the service no no moved around too much didn't care yeah that's probably tricky just didn't even care yeah. uh my parents right now i, I don't, i'm not going to give their address out but they live in muskegon <laughs> i know the address uh our old house um i know that address my brother-in-law lives there i'm not going to throw that out there it's well, our address in town here is 9016th Ave West, and, you know, 
if you want to come talk to me, I'll match your energy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, that's what we do. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah. And like, I, I don't, I, I like, I know what road you live on here, but I don't know the numbers cause I've never really paid attention. <laughs> I think it's like 20, 28, 22, 28, 22. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, going to say that, but I wasn't sure because I've never really paid attention because that's where Matt lives. Like, yeah, I don't even just know, know his where, address. You just know where the house is. I got his phone number. I know where he lives. Yeah. We're good. And I'm. it's not like I'm going to go searching for it. I know where it's at. You know, that's it's the crazy thing enough. about addresses. Even though I know so many of the addresses up north, I know where everyone lives up north. Give me a name. I'll tell you their address. But, yeah. uh, you know, in town, people I know here, it don't even matter what your address is because I know where you live. No, you just know where the house is. Yeah, it don't matter. Yeah. That's the, I think the Oregon house on Wasker Street, that was the first, that's the first house that I really remember. Which is probably the one you lived in the longest. Because, well, that one was in Oregon. We were only there for a few years and then we moved to Camp Pendleton. Right. Moved back to Camp Pendleton, right? Um, well, we lived outside the gate and then we were stationed in Okinawa and then we moved to back to California for something. I don't remember. And then um, my dad, he, he actually got out. He was out of the service for a little bit. I don't know if he was reserves for a little bit or something. So he spent a couple of years not active duty. And then he got back in and then we moved back to Camp Pendleton. That's where okay. we're on that 105B Birch Road. Yeah, yeah. And then we were there for quite a few years. And then we moved to, uh, there's so Oceanside. And then there's a city that's right connected right to it. It's called Vista. So that's, the, that's where I went to high school and stuff growing up there. That was on Yacon Street, 349 Yacon Street in Vista. Was there for quite a while. And then then from there, I graduated high school and then then shoot go going. Then I went out to South America for missionary work. Came and back, then, mom sold all your shit. Yeah, sold the house and sold all my stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Susan, what were you thinking? <laughs> I get it though. I'm just kidding. I had Love a box, you. I had a box of stuff and, and whatever I had left in my suitcase. Because I, I gave I gave a lot of stuff away when I left. I thought that was pretty awesome on National Sons Day. She put that post on Facebook and put yeah. me on there. Yeah, you that were was in pretty that too. cool, man. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, she loves you. Yeah, no, I love her too. She's such an awesome person. Where did we? And then, and then after that, we moved. You should to, see if she wants to come to Vegas, go to a hockey game with us that yeah. Thursday night. Yeah, we should find out. Hell yeah, that'd be great. Take your mom to a hockey game. And then we moved to Paris. We were in Paris. California. Two R's. Yeah. <laughs> California. That's where I met Amanda. We were Paris. There. Paris, California. Yeah. I've been remember. to the real Paris twice. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there twice. I actually don't remember the address. We lived in a house on Avondale. That was, what was that, 37786, something like that? Right. Something like that on Avondale. And then we moved to that other, what was that other house? No, that's the Cannon was the that's the house in Sun City. What was the other? Oh, is this this when you guys got together? Yeah, after started living now, together. Yeah, the, on Cannon. And then, did you guys live together before you got married? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a funny story too. We lived together when we lived we lived together when her mom and my dad were engaged. Oh, that's right. No. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. No, yeah. Her dad and my, my mom, dad, our so parents. <laughs> So my, Your mom, my was mom engaged to her was engaged father? to her father. Really? Yeah. And we all moved in. William William was there too. But his name's not Jeff. No. And his name's not William. No, it's Benjamin. Oh my God. What were you doing? <laughs> or Susan. Come on. <laughs> so yeah, we were there and then we moved to there was another house. It was a cool house too. It was a nice big 
big giant three car garage four bedrooms i can't remember the street of that one but we were there for a little bit and then true and we were was it caden i think it was caden yeah and then we were in an apartment in riverside and then we moved to sun city or we moved to uh uh that's when we moved to arizona that was after yeah all these places in california i've heard of all of them yeah and i want to go see them and you live there yeah we'll so go see jelly you. we'll go see you i'm so fucking jelly yeah and then we were in arizona for six years shoot we were in a bunch of different places there too we stayed with her dad for a little bit until i until i Stallman. found a found a job yeah on stallman and then we were in the uh westridge 1288 westridge it was west the name of the street was west ridge not like the direction but it was w-e-s-t ridge was the name of the street west ridge yeah that was a cool little duplex All one word two words two words west two words. ridge yeah well and then we were in that that really weird house on del norte you think right kanye across. lived on north ridge maybe <laughs> kanye west on north street yeah he lived on north street yeah <laughs> We were in that crazy house right across. We had we had neighbors like you. You got neighbors on the back of your alley, doing yelling, fighting, and fighting with each oh other. Oh my god, that's such good entertainment at night. And and uh, they were constantly doing uh, drug deals too. Yep, some that sounds of, about right. They they'd pull up and a beep beep, and someone would come running out. They would do a little transaction, and then they'd go back and they drive away and go back in. It's like, yeah, were they ever like hostile neighbors? Did you ever have any problems with them? No. That's the thing, like no, my, my neighbor behind me, like I never have a problem with him. If he sees me out there and I'm pulling up and he's got his truck in the alley, he, even though I can park, he still hops, he still waves, hops in, tries to pull his truck up. And I'm like, dude, you're good. Yeah. You know, he always says hi. If he's out there, waves, whatever, you know, head nod. Like I have no hatred toward the man. I just, it, it gets really annoying. And I'm sure the people that live right behind me <laughs> get sick of them yelling at night. Yeah. She's fucking loud when she yells. The people right next door to them. Yeah. Jeez. And they get some horrible fights. Hasn't happened in a couple months. But uh, normally before, it was just every weekend or so, one night, they would just go off on each That's other. That's crazy. Have you seen her? Yeah. Oh, maybe she's <laughs> No, I've seen her. I've seen her today. She yeah. rode a bike past the truck when we were leaving to go to lunch with Josh. Oh. We had tons and tons of just in and out people like that right. pull up on the street and just pull up. They were there for, they're there for 10 seconds and then just, right. they, well, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's in, and it was all hours of the night. Yeah. Not, yeah, not usually in the daytime. Nothing so, really happened in the daytime. Three, like four, five was, in the morning. You're yeah. still hearing honks. Yeah. Yeah. Just people rolling up and that's like, yeah, that's, those are drug deals. Yeah. So. So we started talking about PTSD and kind of got to this because I asked a question if Matt remembered his address. But I remember a ton of um, addresses. I think I remember every single address we lived in here. Yeah, that's because we've, we've this is the eighth place we've lived over here yeah, since we've that's been pretty here. Good memory. Um, what I was going to say though is, uh, if you see something that supports veteran suicide, do a little research on it. There's some places out there that'll just take your money and they don't give a shit about veterans, and that's shitty of them to do, but. I'm sure it exists. Uh, do a little research, look into them. And if they're a valid company that really supports veterans, do what you can to help. Yeah. Ours will, ours will be out there in the next couple of years, too. We'll put it out. Yeah. We're, we're going to be a, what is that? Five, 501C nonprofit. Yeah. We're going to start a nonprofit. We're going to give her a shot and see what happens. <clears> I mean, you know, like I said on the last episode, if it's something you really want to do, do it. And I think it's something that me and Matt have talked about enough and we're really passionate about is helping veterans and 
I donate as much as I can to veteran uh, uh, places, and uh, um, I try to help out as much as I can. And you know, I do receive benefits and all that. And I am a veteran, but I still respect anybody that signed up and signed their name to that that sign that check. Yeah, payable up to their life. I mean, and I know several people that have given their lives, and you know, yeah, it's. I have- I have tons of respect too. We've talked about it on the episode yeah. too. I think that'll be a good because uh, November Veterans Day is coming up in November. That could be a good. We'll dive into PTSD a little bit more on PTSD, and and we'll we'll shout out some organizations that yeah. we'll, we'll find some organizations and stuff that we yeah, and really talk about them and yeah. give the CEOs and what yeah. they do. And I think that'd be a good one. That way, people can our yeah. our fifty seven subscribers, fifty seven, fifty eight, somewhere around there. Because I've helped out a couple more veterans up north. Have you? Yep, talking to him. Uh, the one guy, uh, Kelly Holgren, the guy that does that 3G flags up there, I shouted him out before. Okay. Uh, if you're looking for a really cool wooden flags, he makes out of old barn material, or he, oh, sometimes cool. he buys new wood. But he makes, he uh, the you know that American flag I have on the wall in my basement? Yeah, In yeah. my family room? He gave me that. That was the first one he ever made. Cool. And he gave it to me, and I've shouted him out a couple times. I've had some of my veteran friends down in Texas have bought flags from him. He ships them to him. So they helped them out a little bit. It's called 3G Flags. Maybe we can get Amanda to make a, a couple smaller blankets. Yeah. Oh, we sell we can, them too. We can sell those. Um, but I was talking to him. It was a couple months ago. He seen me at the gas station. He's, I just wanted to say thanks again, Jake. You know, really, you know, you talking to me about trying to get them benefits. They finally gave me PTSD. So, good. you know, and, and he was a Gulf War vet. And uh, he said they finally, you know, hooked me up and they're putting me on some medication and stuff. And yeah. A little extra, little extra money for me. And, I mean, uh, helps out because we've talked about the military's budget. That's they've they've got money set aside. They've got more than enough to hand out to veterans that have served this country. Well, what, how how many millions of dollars? Six hundred thirty-eight million something. something like that? Yeah, yeah. It was the military budget. Yeah, like, that might have been billion. <laughs> yeah, it might have been. Might have been billion, but that's more than enough money to take care of their veterans. Yeah, and the money- what's sad what the lady said on that uh, Sean Ryan show, um, what Tom Satterley's wife said. She said, what's sad is like after the service member passes away or commits suicide, they'll keep the family on the military, on the government insurance for like three years and then just cut them off. Oh, geez. You know, somebody that served the country and did so much shit for this country that it traumatized them to where they took their own lives because they didn't want to live no more. And then you just cut their family off. Hmm. What the fuck, man? The government needs to do a better job. You know, yeah, they need to take care of them people because that's just sad. But, um, so that's not even what we're going to talk about today. No, but that's I get that's good Easter egg for and and good ideas for next episode. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. November's coming quick, and we've got Veterans Day on the shit. If you want to, we could probably do that Veterans Day episode in Vegas if you wanted to. We could. Uh, we can figure something out, but it's probably easier to travel without bringing all this equipment with you. Can't well, I've got it down to a pretty good small backpack right. it's just just the backpack's worth of stuff so but uh yeah if you listen to our last episode it was just kind of uh was that the bullshit episode with, with yeah, mike i think so yeah i think so yep that was the last one we oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. Right. we did the recation that's right we, we did, did the your, recap your debrief of lambo uh, lambo field and yeah yeah how good the game was and the title of it was goal lines i like that title yeah. that was great but uh yeah so if you listen to that you know, we appreciate it. We appreciate you all for listening. Um, 
you know, we've been having a blast doing this, said it many times. We're going to have these conversations anyway. We might as well record them and let someone else be a part of them. Yeah. Um, if you do want to DM us, there's a way to DM us. How, how do they DM us, Matt? Yeah, you can find our Instagrams, Opinions and Buttholes. And if you want to shoot us an email, we have an email address. What's the email address, Matt? Opinions and Buttholes at gmail.com. Shoot us some hate mail or great mail. We don't care. We just want mail. Yeah. Keep hitting us up. Keep enjoying the show. We're going to keep doing this for you guys, and we hope you all enjoy it. Uh, oh, yeah. But today we're going to talk about words of wisdom, yeah. great quotes that we've heard throughout our lives or things that we have told people and the best advice we've ever gotten. So Matt has a list that he kind of wants to go. So if we go from the top one and we'll just discuss that and then we'll just keep going down the list and just keep discussing them as long as it takes. Yeah, I found a, I found a, somebody did a Facebook post, somebody post, I guess they shared a post of, uh, and these are, these are geared a little bit to more like today's society talking about just they're 22 i guess it's 20 it's 22 but it's not well yeah that, that one works too it's 22 22 just words of wisdom things to live by and it was just i thought i, I read through some of them i was like oh that's kind of cool so i screenshotted some of them yeah to, to i'm like that'd be cool to talk about i've got that and then i found it i saw a picture on a wall of the bathroom i took a picture <laughs> of that so we'll talk about those is that, 12. Is that the one from Doc Holiday's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about those. Those are good pieces of advice. And we'll just talk about other pieces of advice that we, that we found. I saw I saw a picture on a package I showed you that, that was taped to the food. I think it was a food meal. Yeah. yeah food meal that. kits. And it had this just a little uh just a little sentence, little two sentences of some good things to to live by. Right. So like today, this one's this one's kind of good because today, I mean everybody's got a phone. So their, what's the first pocket. one you got on there? The first one is don't call someone more than twice continuously. If they don't pick up your call, presume they have something important to attend to. That's you know fair. sometimes sometimes somebody will just call you like even if it's like, sometimes a family member they will just call you and call you they'll call you like three times four times and it's like it's like I, I got stuff to do I can't really talk right, right now you know so it's just kind of you know just little simple simple things of advice. I guess it depends on who it is and how bad I need to talk to them. Yeah. I mean, we can always leave a message, but yeah. I mean, yeah, yes, if it's an emergency and they're not picking up, send them a text message and they get, got to call me back ASAP. That's my worst thing is I don't set, I don't leave messages. Yeah. Well, you, 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 every phone has caller ID. You know, I called. Yeah. Call me back. If I call you, I want to talk to you. And if it's really, if it's super, super important, I'll send you a text right after you don't answer. And then let you know what's up, and then you can text me back or call me back. I yeah, don't you can like always send a, send a text message. Hey, this is really really important. You yeah. got you got to call me back. I don't leave many messages though. I figure either they don't want to talk to me or they are really busy. So, like my brother John, I call him once. If you don't answer, I don't call back because he never answers his phone. <laughs> Rarely will he answer his phone and we can have a conversation. He's always just. He works for a shift, raises both of his kids, or helps raise both of his kids. They both kind of live with him and his, um, one's his ex-wife, one's his ex-girlfriend. Hmm. And uh, they all kind of uh, live with their moms for the most part. And then he kind of takes them whenever they have something to do. Or he, He's involved in their lives for sure. He's a good dad. And uh, his son is usually playing on his phone and stuff. But and his son sometimes will be playing on his phone, and I'll call, and he'll just stop it so we can keep playing his game. <laughs> and I'm like, you little son of a bitch. That's funny. But uh, no, I mean, I, normally I don't call more than twice. That's good advice, though. You know, yeah. 
stop calling so much. They probably have more important things to do than to talk to you. Uh, the second one's pretty good too. So it says return money that you have borrowed even before the person that you borrowed uh, from remind remembers to ask for it. It shows your integrity and your character. Yes. Same goes with umbrellas, pens, and lunchboxes. <laughs> they had to add the last three, but yeah, that's kind of funny. as far as the money goes, yes. Nobody should ever have to ask for the money you borrowed back. Yeah. You should be willing to at least pay them some sort of money every month. Every week. Every week you get paid, you should be dropping them. If yeah. you borrow, like, for, for instance, listen, I didn't have a lot of money saved up when Ethan played hockey in Vegas in 2019. I had no I had money to sign him up for the tournament to pay for our plane tickets, but I didn't have any money to have fun down there. So a good friend of ours, uh, Austin Philo, shout out to Austin, really great guy. Uh I asked him, I said, Hey, you think I can borrow a little bit of money? You know, like I'm going to Vegas. I want to be able to have fun down there with Ethan. He's like, How much you need? I said, how about a thousand bucks? He's like, Yeah, I got you, Jake. Is that all you need? I said, uh, how about two? <laughs> <laughs> so I borrowed, he let me borrow two grand. And um, I came back from Vegas. I had won that thousand dollars on the slot machines. Um, I had had maybe six or 700 bucks left. I gave it right back to him. I said, that's the first payment. I'll pay you as much as I can until it's paid off. Yeah. And like the next three months, I paid him every time I could afford it. And I got him paid back. Like, I, I'm not going to make him come up to me and say, Hey, Jake, you owe me fucking money. Where's my money? Yeah. I don't want somebody to ever say that to me. Just if you owe me money, just pay me, pay me what you owe me. I'm, I'm in a position now where I have the potential to help people, but I'm kind of have OCD with my bank account. <laughs> when I get above a certain number, I don't like to drop below that number. There. It's got to stay right there. Yeah. If I get like, say, say my baseline is 20 grand. If I get to like 24, I maybe have $400 I can help you with because I don't want to drop below <laughs> 20 grand. When you hit them numbers like that, that I don't want to drop below that. Yeah. Like right now we have a, we have a decent amount in our account for savings. Um, a lot of that has to do with uh, um, just money we've saved, uh, uh, carries inheritance from when our grandmother passed away. So we got a little bit of money in savings, but we're not going to drop below a certain amount. So even yeah. if I do have money, if I say no, I can't have, I can't let you borrow that. One, I don't want to drop below a certain amount. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I'm trying to make sure that I'm secure for my future. And two, some people that ask you like that, I don't trust. And like, if you asked me for money, if you really needed help, which you're the type of guy that would always figure it out, you would never ask for help. You yeah, never I have. Try not to. You always, I mean, you've moved. Since we've been friends, you've moved four times and you've never once asked me to help you <laughs> and I'm like, the, I'm like god damn i mean do i am i a bad friend if i don't offer my help or matt don't want me to help that's why he's not asking and is it is it good of me to make him feel like more of a man by not helping him because he didn't ask for it he wants to do this on his own i think a lot of it's just we've all we've moved at weird times yeah it's like our we're, we're moving like during the week when i'm on vacation or just kind of random random times or it's like, or or we'll move. Like we've even done it. Like I sold one of the times we moved. I sold a suburban for thirty five hundred bucks. So we paid rent at both places, and the deposit at the new place. So and we just took all month and we just slowly moved truckload here and there. Right, just right, little right. little by little, just so we didn't we didn't get 
freaking stressed out about having to clean everything and be out and then clean up and so we took our we took pretty much the whole month to and move. unpacking I mean, that's a yeah. whole other thing that people yeah. don't think about when you move and i've i've barely helped with any of that <laughs> so amanda's done what 98 percent of the unpacking and every single time we've moved so you just help her move all the heavy shit in and out yeah and then here is the only house that i've that i've unpacked because this is more. I, hopefully this is like your forever home right here like yeah. this is where you guys are going to stay for a long yeah. time yeah yeah we'll be here for a while this is i mean it, it's a townhouse but it's super nice and it's big enough for your family yeah no it's perfect it's just the right size yeah so, but uh we did we did one of the houses that we lived in we uh we got some help from my mom to pay the right, the right, first right. month's rent and the deposit yeah so she did help us out with that but we were on a schedule i mean i paid her i gave her i think it was like i paid her back like 500 bucks every two weeks so it just so this, i get paid on fridays and this but the, every other friday i'll send it to you right so she only she only clarified once she was just like is it gonna be she just had to ask is it this this friday or is the next friday when we were starting and and i just said we just clarified and it was just boom 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 just paid her back as fast as possible yep so i don't want that <clears throat> hanging over my head yeah i don't but if she listens i do gotta we're talking about <laughs> never borrowed money to move i don't want her being mm, you did borrow that money one, one right time. you're an awesome so, woman susan yeah she helped us out and it was and amanda called her and said hey we're kind of in this bind Boy, do you, do you are you okay with that and, and she said yeah she was willing right away to help because like you said she didn't she didn't have a trust issue she knew we were going to pay her back right so, right right <clears throat> so all right number three on this list this one's kind of good so that's all right hit us it's with it good. it says never order the expensive dish on the menu when someone is buying your lunch or dinner so many people do that yeah it's like oh you're buying i'll have the ribeye yeah and you know what i feel like you guys live by that rule because when we were in Vegas and we went to that, uh, what was that Bobby V's or Buddy V's? Buddy V's, yeah. We went to Buddy V's. I said, get whatever you want. And then you get the cheese ravioli. Because I know what, I know you like to try, try it at places, yeah, but I dude, feel like I you were trying ravioli. not to be too expensive. I was trying not to. Yeah. And then she got the uh, uh, carbonara. I think. Was it the seafood carbonara or something like that? Shrimp Alfredo. Shrimp Alfredo. So, but that's so something she, got she that. loves. And it's something she loves, but I feel like you guys didn't want to get too spendy. I didn't. And I was I like, for I was sure like dude, I don't care. I'm buying. Like, get whatever you want. And then I was like, I, I figured it was something like that. Like, but but I do like, because I've, I've even the the Grand <laughs> Grand Will or no, the Williston Brewery, they've got they've got a ravioli, uh, some kind of, you can get like uh, wild mushroom mushroom ravioli, and I love I love ravioli. Right. I've even gone as far as developing my own dough recipe and rolling out dough and making hand hand pressed ravioli yeah, when we went to the wilson that one they, time they came out good too i bet you're a good cook man when we were at the wilson that one time and her and uh shelly paid was yeah. it you and shelly or just you you and your mom yeah so when amanda and her mom paid for all of us to eat there that time i had gotten filet mignon and carrie got something else like a ribeye and like our bill alone was like 90 bucks and i'm like and then she's like, don't worry, I'm paying. I'm like, God damn it. So it's a good thing I had that $50 gift card. Yeah, that was, down on that was it. a good little gift like card. I had to help a little bit, but like, I'm like you. If somebody's buying my meal, I'm not going to go out unless it's like a corporation. Like, yeah. if a corporation's buying everyone dinners, I'm going to order the most expensive shit I can. Yeah, if UPS, if UPS says, I'm buying your food, it's like, what do you all want? All right. I'm getting Wagyu. Filet? They got filet on the menu? I'm getting all a right. Wagyu filet. Yeah. 
with yeah. uh with uh chopped uh ostrich eggs on top <laughs> and something uh a shark crazy i don't even know what this is but it's expensive with crystal <laughs> crystal yeah we're going yeah. ball we're balling out i think that's probably why amanda didn't say anything right right she didn't want you to that, that's but i'm like you though if someone's buying my meal for you i mean it was super nice and i you know i appreciated it so much me and carrie both do when people do like when we're out with josh when i go to breakfast with josh the lady comes up or these separate or together he's like it's just one and i'm like thanks man you know i appreciate it because yeah. breakfast isn't a super expensive dinner de deal anyway but yeah it's not too bad <clears throat> when i go out with someone and they offer to pay for it i'm like fuck i wouldn't have gotten that expensive shit had i known that but if they say hey i'm taking you out to breakfast or taking you out to lunch i will minimize what i buy i don't want to go overboard i'll avoid the appetizers mm -hmm. you know because i don't want them to have to be yeah. an arm and a leg for me yeah i'll try not to go crazy i appreciate the offer and even the gesture like i just appreciate it but i'm not going to overextend myself yeah but i know people that will i know people that will do that because they're because someone else is buying someone else is buying they're going to get like, the most expensive like, shit oh, they can it's like oh they offered <laughs> yeah yeah i try to be a little respectful because they don't know don't don't know what other people's budgets are like yeah dude i'm just going to get a grilled cheese sandwich because i really don't have the money dude i'm buying it's okay fucking prime rib baby let's go <laughs> like that's not what i meant dude get the grilled cheese and maybe a thing of soup yeah <laughs> you know get a little extra but not prime rib and a grilled cheese motherfucker <laughs> you know that's funny oh my god people are people suck uh this next one's this next one's all right it's pretty good all right the one after that's pretty decent too but it says don't ask awkward questions like oh so why aren't you married yet or don't you have kids? Or why don't you buy? Why don't you buy a house? Or why why don't you buy a car? Or, so I mean, it says for fuck's sake, it's not your problem. That's fair. I mean, because I mean, sometimes some of it's like 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 we we say, don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. But also, you're prying into someone's. I mean, that's a whole other quote in itself. We'll get yeah. into that one. <laughs> but I mean, you're prying into other people's business. It's, like, it's none of your business. Like, like, why aren't you married yet? It's like a. That's that's like something you'd you'd hope someone would say. Well, that's not any of your business, right? So, or like, or why don't you have kids? It's like, don't, just don't ask awkward. I questions. felt so bad one time, dude. I was up at Ethan's hockey practice one time, and there was a lady up there, and uh, she was wearing kind of a tight shirt. And I walked up. I said, "I didn't know you were pregnant again." <laughs> She's like, "I'm not." Oh shit! <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry." <laughs> whoops! Like whoops. <laughs> That's one thing. And you know that, what? She ended up getting that surgery done and she lost like a hundred and some pounds. Oh, that's one thing that I just don't ever, you don't know. So I don't ever assume. I, I stopped. That was the only time I, like, I had a, like a brain fart. Like <laughs> I was trying to create conversation and I had heard from somebody that she was. So like, it yeah. just kind of threw me off and she's like, I'm not. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I never intended to be an asshole like that. You know, like <laughs> I'm not that type of guy. <laughs> Whoops. I felt so bad after I said that. No. So oh, this wow. one, the next one's pretty good. It's got a good ending to it, to to the, I guess the piece of advice. Okay. It says always open the door for the person coming in behind you. It doesn't matter if it's a guy or a girl, senior or junior. You don't you don't grow small by treating someone well in public. That's a great quote. I like that one. I really like that. You don't grow small. Even just just the end. You don't grow small by treating someone well in public. That's the that's the only thing you needed to say, yeah. and it makes sense. So that one's pretty good. You don't grow small by treating someone well in public, right? Yeah. 
by treating yeah. someone. You ever, you ever do that though? Like if I hold the door for somebody and they don't say thank you, I want to pull them back out and throw them outside. <laughs> yeah. But then there's other people that are like, you know, just because you do that does not mean it's a that they consider it a great gesture. You're just holding the door open for them to go. Maybe they got shit to do. Maybe they got shit on their mind. Yeah, because I mean, you know, like me, you've already got the door open. I'm just trying to be polite. Right. I'm not doing it so you say thank you. I'm not doing it to be chivalrous. I'm just trying to be polite. But it I is, already got the door open. But is it is a polite gesture on your point to say if thank you, you have a door open for you to say thank you. Yeah, I always say thank you because always people will come out at the gas station when I'm when I'm finishing up at the end of the night. I got to go and take a leak, whatever. If they if they if they take make the effort, I always say, oh, thank you. I, or if I'm carrying packages into a business and someone holds the door, I'm like, oh, thanks, man. I could almost judge a person's character based on whether or not they'll say thank you when I open a door yeah. for them, or if they open the or if they open the door for others, other yep. people. If they do that, just little things like that. You know, it's yep. it's a lot of little things that shows a lot of character. It's, yeah. it's crazy how much that can show you someone's character, like simple pleases and thank yous. Yep can can tell you a lot about someone's character but now you gotta be careful like now i'm gonna start saying yes person <laughs> or no yeah. person yeah you can't say sir ma'am you got yeah. they them and yeah who knows? fucking whatever or zero i'm just gonna start calling them human i'm just gonna start not fucking saying shit yeah i'll say thank you no or, yeah or just no say thank, thank you thank you you're welcome you're welcome that's it. No more sir, ma'am. Yeah. I was taught seven years in the military. Sir, ma'am, yes, please, thank you, no. Yeah. Same thing at home. I was taught to be respectful with uh, your uh, conduct, your, uh, what do they call that? Your, uh, what do they call that? Your what, manners? Your manners. To just be a good person, you yeah. know, and, and use your manners and be respectful. And, the way this society is going right now, there's so much ideology out there and they're just trying to push it and push it and push it because they don't want to feel left out. Yeah. And you know what? You are left out. You're a minority. You're just, you're at the bottom of the food chain for all of us. We don't give a fuck <laughs> how you feel. That's not fact. We live based on a society. We live by fact. How you feel is not a fact to me. It does not affect my life. I don't care how you feel. We all have to get along here. Yeah. If you want to be a they, them, buy an island and go move there with all the rest of the they, thems, and get the fuck away from us. We don't want to have to deal with that. I don't care how you live. Don't expect me to accept you. Or don't expect me. I'll accept you as a person if you're nice to me. But once you start correcting me and treating me like shit because you feel a certain way, I'm going to match your energy. Match your energy. That's right. The thing the I'm going to match your energy. So that, that jumps down. To, part of that is uh, the number number 10 on here. I'll jump down this because it ties in. It's say thank you when someone is helping you. Always. That ties into what we were just talking about. Always. So I'll jump down on that one. But uh, that's, that's a great one too. Always. Yeah. So just it's just a simple thank you. I mean, they went out of their way or they, they, they took their time to help, help you do something. That's what I was thinking. Pleasantries. The, the pleasantries. pleasantries. Yeah. So, um, one of the, the next one, the next one on here is if you're taking a taxi with a friend, it doesn't really apply that much. Like New York, it does. If you're taking a taxi with a friend and they pay, try paying the next time. Yeah. So just, I mean, you don't have to always let them just pay because then they're going to, they're probably thinking, man, this freaking, this bomb never pays for the taxi. I always got to pay for the taxi. It's just right. common courtesies. A lot of, a lot of things like that. You know, I, I've, I've, I've never said this. And I kind of felt this way um, after we were in Vegas and went to Buddy V's. 
Yeah. It was kind of a rapport based from when she paid for our dinners. It was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to buy them dinner. I got the money. Let's do it. So it was kind of like it was kind of like a return. It was kind of like this, like this taxi or something. That yeah, they pay. Like you guys paid one time for a really expensive dinner. Let me buy a dinner because you've done it for me. And it's not like it's not like well they bought it that one time. I got it this time. It's like you've bought us dinner before at a nice place. Let me return the favor. And I was like, you know what? I just got my disability check. I was like, I got the extra money. Let's have a nice dinner. So nice. it was kind of like a like a like paying you back for you paying for us that one time. Yeah. So I mean, it, it that all was works a out. good place too. We've talked about that on the that episode, on the Vegas that episode. That place was good. It was just it was like a it's like a little Italian bistro. It wasn't like a super super fancy place. Yeah. I mean, the food was pretty. The food was pretty fancy. Top it was notch. good. But like the just the environment, they had live music. The like candles the, on the table. Yeah, the candles and like actual candles. It was kind of a romantic setting. A little bit. It was kind of nice a for a little bit. couple's dinner. Yeah, it was nice. It was a cool little place. It was kind of small. Small. It wasn't a huge, huge restaurant. Crazy, crazy. Right. Tons and tons of people. But it was it was good. Yeah, it was we had a view of the strip yep. from the window. We could see right down, right down the strip. Yeah, that was a really cool place. Yeah, it was cool. I enjoyed that. <clears throat> so this next one is great for our episode. Well, not, huh? not just the episode, but for our podcast. Okay. It says, respect different shades of opinion. Remember, what's six to you will appear nine to someone facing you. Besides, second opinion is good for an alternative. It creates conversation. Yeah. I mean, just respect. I like how they say it. Respect different shades of opinion. Perfect. Because I mean, we don't always agree on everything. We agree no. on a lot of stuff. But <laughs> yeah. But more, we uh, we compromise on a lot of stuff too. Yeah. And we agree to disagree sometimes. Yeah. It, it doesn't always have to be like we've talked about it before. It doesn't always have – the argument doesn't have to go to the extent where you feel like you have to change someone's point of view so you're both in on the same page so you can both be right. I mean, it's not that's, – that's not what it's about. It's I, just I think, sharing, our, sharing our opinions and getting that out there and – putting that out i think the point of our conversations that we have like that on stuff we don't agree on is once you understand where i'm coming from and i understand where you're coming from that's the end of it yeah we don't have to change anyone's opinion i know how you feel about it you know how i feel about it and now we can both be respectful toward each other about that yeah i think you can understand someone a little more like it says for sure i mean it says respect like it says uh what's what's six to you may appear nine to someone else facing so it's just it's just differences in opinion it's not it's not who's right or who's wrong no and that's kind of funny this second opinion is a good alternative that's a great saying second opinion for sure um but that kind of takes me back to what i was saying about uh they them transgenders all that yeah like that's not really an opinion <laughs> they're trying to make it fact yeah i mean like, i don't feel bad about what i said there so like for me that's grammar i mean you're not a conjoined twin i don't understand where you're coming from i don't i don't get what that's there's about no either. science or backing at all no to what you're you're, saying. A, you're a single person yeah I mean, it's yet, just ideology i mean that's fine if you're if you're a man but you identify as a woman so you go and go and have a sex change and get all that uh, that done and you want to be called her because you feel like a her what, what that's, really it's still it's still a single i think mean, that they and them is like you're one person i don't understand what really what draws the hard line for a lot of people is <clears throat> i was listening to a story last night there was a uh let's see i guess it would have been a transgendered male 
So a male that transitioned to female mm-hmm. had the operations all staff, and now he's an all-star on one of the women's soccer teams in Britain. Mm. Like it, he's not a woman, but now he gets to shower with all these women and gets to do everything with these women. He gets to compete with women when he's obviously built different. Yeah. Uh, it's like these guys that, uh, this, uh, transgendered male again, transitions to a female after he already had two counts of rape on him, gets put in prison, gets sent to a prison. He, he identifies as a woman, so he gets sent to a female prison where he creates really uncomfortable situations there and then comes out again as a male, and then they transferred him back to a male prison. Huh. And now he's appealing again and raising hell again. It's like, dude, no, listen, you cannot do that. A lot of guys, a lot of men nowadays will say that they're a woman so they can get put in a woman's prison because they don't want to be put in a men's prison. Hmm. I don't want to go to a men's prison. You know what I do? I don't fucking commit crime. Yeah. You know, I try to keep my nose clean. Yeah. Don't, don't do, don't do crime. So you, you get know, put fuck, in jail. Fuck around and find out. Yep. You know, you fuck, the more you fuck around, the more you find out. Mm-hmm. And that's not a place you want to be. No, no. All right. This one, this next one's, this next one's pretty good. To, I mean, it's, all right, it's simple, what we would we used to call common sense, but it's not. Do these use the same charges as the Tyson's one? Yep, they okay, have USB-C. Perfect. All right. Yeah. So Sorry I interrupted. Yeah, that's all right. All right. The next uh, <laughs> the next word of his vice is, is never interrupt people talking. Allow them to pour it out as they say, hear them all and filter them all. That's good, though. Absolutely. You can let them say their piece. You can let them get whatever's going off, off get, get it off their chest. But it says, hear them all and filter them all. So if it's not yeah. anything that you're just, uh, all right, well, you just, just let them get it off their chest. Let them do their piece, right. say their piece. And then you can, well, whatever you, whatever's relevant to you. May you can, I retort? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I will match your energy. Let's <laughs> do this. That one's pretty good. This I one, like let's see what the next one is. I, I didn't read, I haven't read some of these ones on these. I didn't review the whole list, but it says if you tease someone and they don't seem to enjoy it, stop it and never do it again. It encourages, it encourages one to do more and shows how you appreciate uh, how you, oh, how it shows how appreciative you are. So, so read that one again. So if you tease someone and they don't seem to enjoy it, stop and never do it again. It encourages one to do more and it shows how you, how appreciative you are. Yeah, just okay, don't be an asshole. That's yeah. pretty much what it's saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like, like tease if you tease someone. Don't be a fucking bully. Some people some people are okay with teasing, some people are <laughs> not okay with it. I know. Some people you can joke with, some people you can't. I think it's just know your audience. If you, it's, it just shows how, I mean, it just shows that you, I mean, really, it, this, it says, where did it go? I lost it. It says it shows, it encourages one to do more. It says it shows how you how appreciative you are. I think it just shows that you listen and you you understand their reactions. Like if they if they react poorly and you, you don't do it again, and it's without them having to say something, you know, it just shows that you're, you're I guess you're paying attention to their reactions. I can decide, I can decide how much I like you. If I tell you my last name and you laugh. Yeah. I can tell how much I'm going to enjoy being around you. And it might not be ever. <laughs> I don't know how I reacted. I don't, you know, you just, you're just, you, you, I'm a person. We got along. It's not about my name. It's not about your name. Yeah. It's about Jake. I got a, 
we're, we're friends. It's a personality that we develop together between us that is just awesome. And it doesn't matter what my last name is. And I believe that's how you took it. Yeah. You didn't laugh. You've never laughed at my last name unless I make a joke about it. And then you laugh because I'm trying to make you laugh. Yeah. But there's people I that usually... I call on my last name. They're like, that's really your last name? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, yeah, keep making fucking jokes, dude. <laughs> I don't usually joke joke about it for you, though, either. I usually try and let you, t- yeah, let yeah, you and, and, tell oh, that and joke. You've always been that way. And you know what? That's, that's one thing that I'll give my ex-wife and one thing that I'll give Carrie for sure, both of them. I'll give them the both same appreciation for it. Neither one of them ever asked me to change my last name, and they were happy to take it. And they've never had any complaints about it. Yeah. It's just a seem name like, to them. doesn't seem like Carrie. Yeah, it seems like it's just a name. It don't, bo- it don't bother her at all. It's just a name. And I love that woman so much. And that's one thing of credit I will give my ex-wife. She took my last name and never once made jokes about it, never once didn't want it. She just she took it. Yeah. And uh, I appreciated that. Other than that, I don't have much love for, but uh, (laughs) Carrie, Carrie's a rock. She's my rock, man. She's the one that's always there for me, my one constant. This next one's pretty good. It's short and simple, but I think think it's uh, some good advice. Hit us with it. It says, praise publicly, criticize privately. Yes, sir. I've told that to many people, especially our managers. You know, me and um, me and uh, Andy had quite a few of them conversations when he would come out in the like I guess bullpen driver where we do PCM. Yeah, and uh, one of them drivers would start yelling at him and going off on him. And uh, I pulled him in there. I talked to him in the office and I said, "Look, man, I said you can't let them guys talk to you like that. There's there's a there's a specific way to talk to people and." You praise in public and you put down in the basement. Yeah. And if they're going to talk to you like that in public, you have all the right in the world to yell back at them. Yeah, I actually had um, Rako when he was our driver's suit. I actually had him do that to me because he said he was saying because air was late and he saw the in-town drivers need to come back. And I started yelling about the parking because they had, they had PVD drivers. There was trucks everywhere. And they couldn't get back because they already had us do that a couple of times. We had right. to come back. And the, the day before when I had to come back, there was just a disaster in the parking lot. I couldn't get in there to get my stuff. And I'm like, is somebody going to do something about the fucking parking situation? You need to keep those trucks. He's like, hey, he's like, hey, you don't need to swear. We'll, we'll go talk about that. Yeah. And then he finished PCM and he pulled me in. He's like, all right, what's what's going on? Yeah, and he and was a he, good supervisor. And he was man. like, he was like, all right, and let's let's not swear in, in public. Let's not swear in front of everybody. And he just he made that clear. And then he was like, all right, we'll get it, we'll get it taken care of. Oh, I bet you respected him a ton more yeah. after he did that. Yeah, you know, I I, I don't want managers that are going to say, well, that's the way it is, or just you. start yelling, you know? and just start yeah. screaming back. And like, if you're going to yell at somebody, crazy. do not put them down in front of everybody. Yeah, I it's mean, nobody but, else's fucking business why you're yelling at them. Yeah. But he did. He stopped. I mean, he he cut the like. I was I was started getting all crazy. He he shut it off. He stopped. He's very basically he told me to stop, and we'll talk about that. And then he finished what he needed to do for the group, and then we went. Shows a lot of shows it. a lot of maturity on his part, yeah. and it also shows that he does respect you, and that he wanted to keep it between you and him. Yeah, yeah, and that I, I got a lot of respect for that. I like I liked him. People that I, do that. I got a lot more respect for than somebody that'll just yell at somebody in front of everybody. Yeah. You try to belittle people. I have no need for that in my life. There's no reason for it. I've no. been belittled my whole life. 
No, that's why that's good. Praise publicly and criticize privately. Always. It's good. Always. That's that good a advice. Great thing to live by. That is great advice. Uh the next one's the next one's all right. It's pretty good. It says there's almost never a reason to comment on someone's weight. Just say you look fantastic. If they want to talk about losing weight, they will. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Until until they're four hundred pounds and start telling me that I look like shit. Yeah, well that's different. They're they're criticizing you and they're making fun of you. Well, dude, listen, I, I don't know if I ever told you this story or not. I was in Germany. We were at a club. We were all drinking. And I was pretty tipsy. And there was this heavier set girl standing over by the there like the floor, the dance floor was kind of like four feet below the walk area where the where the tables were to drink. Yeah. And she was standing by the railing watching the dance floor. And I walked up to her and I said, hey, you want to dance? And uh, she turned, looked me up and down and said, not with you. Like I was just disgusted and get the fuck away from her. And I said, that's okay. I don't want to dance with your fat fucking ass anyway. Yeah. And I walked away. She started crying. I was like, don't treat me like shit and expect not something in return. Yeah. That's like. You know, that's the only time I'll. If you're going to be a bitch to me. My my asshole will come out. <laughs> I will match Matched, your energy. Match that energy. That's right. I will match your energy. That's my new yeah. favorite. That's my favorite <laughs> saying, dude. Match my energy. I will match your energy. But uh, you know what? If you don't want to be treated like shit, don't act like shit. Yeah. This one's this next one's kind of. Oh no! I skipped one. That the one after that's kind of long, but it's okay. What's that? She probably could have just said no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. But she looked me up and down like I wasn't shit and then said, not with you. And she said it all snotty and bitchy like. Yeah. And so I, I, I matched her energy and I yeah. really went off on her and let her have it. Made her cry a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I don't even fucking feel bad. I walked away, had another beer. Yeah. I was done. This one's this one's pretty good. Oh, sorry, Merlin. It says when someone shows you a photo on their phone, don't swipe left or right. You never know what's next. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> For sure. It's funny. They were showing you one photo. Uh, yeah. Fucking leave it at yeah. that. Look at it. Give it back. It might be a dick pic or something yeah. that you don't want to know, or they couldn't see. They're like, oh, I got something on my butt. I need to take a picture of Unless this. Unless they tell you yeah. to move left three. Yeah. Don't go past three. <laughs> that was Fuck. pretty good though. Yeah, that's great. You, you might you never know what's next. That's right. That's right. That's well, perfect. That's funny. This is a, this one's kind of long, but it's it's fairly good advice. This is if a colleague tells you they have a doctor's appointment, don't ask what it's for. Just say, I hope you're I hope you're okay. Don't put them in an uncomfortable position of having to tell you their personal illness. They want you to know they'll do so with without your inquisitiveness. That's fair. I mean, I guess, I mean, I think it depends on the situation. Like if you said you got a doctor's appointment, I I would be like, is it just a regular checkup or are you all right? And I would tell you. Because I want to know that you're okay. Right. Like if, well, Carrie, like if Carrie's got something going on, I want to know that she's okay. Right. Yeah. So, it, it or Ethan, on the situation. it depends on, on how friendly you are with this person. So, I mean, because we've come to a point where, I mean, you guys are family to us. Oh yeah, for sure. You if guys you, are family. If you have something, us. if something you say you got a doctor's appointment, I'm just I'm gonna I want to know that you guys are okay. Yeah, for so. sure. And and it's mutual. Like I've asked you before when you had doctor's appointments, everything okay? You know, yeah. like um, I think that that statement, um, yeah, you don't have to ask every time. It depends on who it is, like you said. But if I do ask you and you say, "Well, I really don't want to talk about it," I'd be like, "That's fine." 
that's fine. I just hope it all goes good. Like, yeah. There's a way to be respectful after you ask them. Yeah. And if they say, well, I really don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, that's fine. But I just hope everything goes good for you. Good luck. If you need any help, you need anything, you know, get a hold of me. Yeah. That's it another, depends on who it is. That's another one. Just know your audience. Know who, I mean, obviously know who you're talking to. Yeah. Know who your, know who so, your audience is for sure. Um, all right. The next one here says. This one's this one's pretty good too. It says treat the cleaner with the same respect as the CEO. Nobody is impressed at how rude you can treat someone below you, but people will notice if you treat them with respect. Absolutely. That's great advice. That one's good too. I like that. That's really good. No one is I'm not better than anyone and no one's better than me. We're all people. We all have to live here. The amount of money in your bank account does not make you a better person. Yeah. Uh, um, the next couple are short, but they're pretty decent. This says if someone, if a person is speaking directly to you, staring at your phone is rude. Absolutely, Matt. <laughs> I'm reading the list off my my phone. Sorry. I, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny um, though. And then the next one says never give <coughs> never give advice until you're asked. <coughs> That's fairly decent advice. That's an absolute great piece of advice. Because I mean, not everybody wants to know. Well, I mean, and I'm I, I'm really bad at that and not everybody when they say that they've got this issue not everybody's looking for say hey do you want my advice you, before they yeah. even say no well this is my advice yeah. like i'm bad at that yeah that's not, something I not everybody's out. looking for you to solve their problem sometimes they just need to share right what's going on now if you ask me what do you think about that yeah then i'll I give you my that's, advice that's what it says until you're asked that's yep. one of the things that when when uh one of the things i've had to learn with abandon when she's venting or having an issue i'll have to ask okay do you, am I am I listening in this situation, or am I trying to help you solve this problem? Right. What What do you need from me? And I don't think there's anything wrong with clarifying that. I always say, with all due respect, it's in the Geneva Convention. <laughs> then you can say whatever the fuck. That's you want. right. It's all. It sure as hell does. It's in the Geneva Convention. Look it up. <laughs> that was great. That was funny. Uh, all right. The next one is when meeting someone after a long time, unless they want to talk about it, don't ask them. Their after a long time, it says don't ask them their age and salary. So I guess basically when you meet someone, that's kind of, did they have a typo? When meeting someone after a long time, unless they want to talk about it, don't ask them their age and salary. I mean, I think anything, I mean, when you're talking to people, things things to keep up, not not talk about is their age and their salary. What's that one, uh, what's that one quote? Um, Great minds talk about ideas. Um, average minds talk about events, and small minds talk about people. That's pretty good, too. If you're always wondering how much money someone makes or who's this and who's in Hollywood and who they married to and who's this person and who's this person, you're 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 kind of where you need to be in life yeah it's that whole thing that people have had issues with keeping up with the joneses yeah always or the kardashians to, you or, want to know what they're doing you want to know what how much they're making and you you've got to have what they have and, when you live your life vicariously through people you're not a great mind you're just you're where you need to be you're one of the average humans that live on this earth and you will continue to be that way yeah <clears throat> the next one I think is really good. It's what I think a lot of people are having problems with. 
It says, mind your business unless anything involves you directly. Just stay out of it. That's a great, that's a great piece of advice. Mind your fucking business, people. <laughs> so many people have issues. What, what with episode that. did I say that on? When I was like, oh, I was thinking about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mind your fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. If I'm doing something, most of the stuff that I do is calculated. There's a reason why I'm doing something. Uh, it's none of your business what I'm doing. Yeah. It's like uh, well, when I talked about it with uh, Tyler, you know, how Tyler, you know, great. I love Tyler. He's a great kid. Um, but with that whole fantasy draft thing, you know, yeah. uh, when I traded that, made that trade with Ethan and stuff, and he said that stuff. Like, mind your fucking business. Why is it any of your business what I do with my team? You know? Yeah. Like I drafted them. I'm the I'm the CEO of this team. <laughs> this is my team. Yeah. It's none of your business what I do. I'm the emperor. You know? I'm the king. Yeah. Was, 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 I'm the sorry. alpha and the omega of this team. I'm I'm Michael Jackson, your Tito. Uh Rush Hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chris Tucker was telling that to and Jackie, Jackie Chan. But this is not. This is what he said. This is not a democracy. And he's like, yeah, yes, it is. No, I'm the emperor. I'm the king. I'm Michael Jackson. You're Tito. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm not. You're you're Tito. I'm Michael. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like it goes a long way into like most of the ones we've already talked about. If it don't involve you, mind your business. It has nothing to do with you. Stay out of it. There's no reason for you to insert yourself in my. Problems. Yeah. As a, I mean, that's why it says any, unless anything involves you directly. Yep. All right. The next one. The next one's just a little, little common courtesy. I think it's it's pretty good. It says remove your sunglasses if you're talking to anyone. If you're if you're talking to anyone, it's a sign of respect. Eye contact is an important is is as important as your speech. See, now I agree with that, but that's for our generation. Jason. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, Jason. That's why I was always afraid of Shriver. He would never take those damn glasses off. Oh, those are prescription. Those are prescription well, sunglasses. He's so yeah. He's got prescription sunglasses, <laughs> and if he doesn't have his other glasses to switch to, he just doesn't even take them off. So well, that's I, why it I, looks weird. He's walking around in the building with sunglasses right. on. Or, or we saw him at uh, uh, Menards. We saw him at the harbor store. And he was walking around with his sunglasses on. But that's because they're prescription. <clears> he just doesn't have. Just didn't swap the other ones. I like Jason, though. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, but I always try to make eye contact with people when I'm talking yeah. to them. It's just like the same thing with, with when someone's talking to you and you're on your you're on your going, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know, but phone. in today's society, um, a lot of the younger generation, they're saying they feel threatened by eye contact. They're trying to go away. They they say that it's a threatening act to stare someone in the face while you're talking to them. Well, I'm just going to keep staring people in the face when I'm talking to them. If yeah. they feel threatened, then they feel threatened. I, I didn't do anything to threaten you. Again. We're having a conversation. I'm I can tell a lot about your character, how you react when I'm staring at you, talking to you. Yeah. You know? But then again, with my PTSD, I have a hard time maintaining eye contact. I will look at your mouth, your nose, your face, your cheeks, your yeah. forehead. Well, I mean, that's because, I mean, like, I'm looking at your mouth right now. Can you really tell? No. Yeah. Like, you would never know it. But I'm telling you, like, like the, the biggest thing that I look at on people is their teeth. I don't know if they would ever be able to tell. Well, I was talking to uh, Sarah Harlan, the woman that runs the Wild Rose Gas the Station, a good isn't? friend of mine. I love her to death. She's a great person. And uh, we were talking about it the other day, and I said, yeah. No, like, I, I'm a pervert. I check out everyone's asses. <laughs> like, if there's a guy walking next to a woman and I'm staring at his ass, he turns around, he's like, why are you staring at my wife's ass? Well, staring at yours too. Like, <laughs> do something. Like, what are you going to do about it? Like, I stare at everyone's asses. But I do look at teeth. 
all the time when I'm talking to somebody and I don't know how many people have ever caught me and not said something because I feel like they've caught me doing it. <laughs> but when I talk to people, I stare at their teeth. I look yeah. at their teeth a lot because I know my teeth are yellow. They're fucking crooked as shit. They look like a broken picket fence. And, but I still, I stare at people's teeth because I'm fascinated by how many people in this fucking world have straight white teeth. And I know a lot of it's braces and a lot of dental work. I look, I noticed a lot of teeth just because my mom was in the dental field for 30 something years. Right. So I just, I used to point, we would, we would, even on TV, we'd be watching, she would point out someone's, someone's teeth. Oh, look, they got a, Look at all those straight teeth. They had a gray smiler. Yeah. Or, oh, look at that one. That one's crooked. And she would do it so often that I I do it too. Just being in the dental field. And I got her. a really bad problem with looking at people's teeth. But yeah, like eye contact is huge for me when I'm yeah. talking to someone. But like, I don't exactly make straight eye contact all the time. This one's pretty good. The next one. The next two are all right. They're all right. Just never talk about your riches in the midst of the poor. Similarly, don't talk about your children in the midst of the barren. Just kind of, it just, it can seem like you're bragging to some people. For sure. Especially talking about your riches in the midst of the poor. Oh, I got this and I've got this much money. And if just, you, if you're just bragging. That's why I always got pissed off with people that were filing 95 grievances that always talked about the checks they were getting. Yeah. It's like, fucking keep your mouth shut why you're cheat. most of them are cheating to get that money <laughs> most of them are way over allowed and they just go at a slow pace to make that extra money yeah it's like you're stealing that's all you're doing you're not putting out here you're, you're taking a good job someone else that wants to work could have but um just <clears throat> um what was i gonna say yeah th there's no reason for you like there's a certain person we work with that had some really good stuff happen a few years ago and he was kind of talking about it. And I'm like, why, dude? We make the exact same amount of money at work. You made some good decisions, made you some good money. Don't brag about it. Like, yeah, I don't think I ever told him, but that's how I felt. It made me look at him different. Yeah, it does. Like, don't don't brag about that shit. It, like, it will. I mean, that's like, like this. I'm happy for you. Don't get me wrong. I'm very happy for you. And good, good on you, you know, but you don't have to sit and brag about it. I'm doing this and this and this and this and this. like, who gives a fuck to do your thing? Yeah. And the same thing, like I have a stepson. He's my son. I've raised him since he was two and a half years old. He calls me dad to his friends and to other people. Like when he talks to Amanda at work, when he talked to Amanda at work, like, well, I'm, I'm waiting till my dad gets here. I'll ask him. I'm his dad. He knows that. I know that. But technically he's my stepson. He's not my child. I didn't see him born. Me and my wife have never been able to have kids. He didn't come out of your ball sack. Right. But just yeah. because he didn't come out of your ball sack doesn't mean he's not your son. Right. And it takes, you know, you always see them quotes like it takes, it takes more, it takes more of a man than to raise somebody else's kids than to yeah. just have one. What is it? Any, any man can be a dad. It takes a real man to be a father. There you go. Right. So I've been a really good father to Ethan, a really good man. Or any man can be a father. It takes a real man to be, be a dad. It, yeah. It's the yeah. Other, yeah. It's the other way around. So I've been, I, I hopefully, I've been a good dad to Ethan and I hope he knows that. And I hope he never lets that go. You know, just the, the compassion I've had for him from the time he was little till now. And hopefully if it ever happens to him where he can't have kids and he gets with a woman that has a child, he treats that child. Like I treated him with all the love and respect he could. I'm sure he will. And give him everything he wanted and needed and showed him 
what life is like, you know, teach them how to be a good man or a good, a good woman, you know, just teach them, teach them properly. Yeah. You know, but I know where that's coming from. You know, like there's people that are like, <clears throat> and that's, that's one reason that I'm not a fan of abortion. And I know like we've talked about this on our one episode, uh, you know, and like, like, you know, your opinion on it was, well, I don't have a vagina. I yeah, can't have kids. I, I shouldn't have an opinion. I can't, I can't make that decision for and, someone. That's and I agree with that. With. But the fact that me and my wife have never been able to have kids to hear someone just be proud that they had an abortion. It's like, well, I can't even have kids and you're just having them and killing them. Cause you don't, yeah. because you just, because it's your right. Like, I don't know. It, that's a whole other conversation to have sometime, but you know, well, we've already had it, <clears throat> but uh, and everyone knows how I feel about it. That was on our kind of a kind of a dirty laundry, not really dirty laundry episode. We talked about a number of it was kind number of a venting episode. Yeah, I we think. talked about like like five or six different topics that were a little bit controversial, and yeah, and we we just just because we don't get super political or talking about those we just had that issues, one where we, we had that laid out where we stood on it. Yeah, yeah. just letting our <laughs> Points, points of view be known and we, we just that was and, that. It, and it was a great episode but you know you know it, it's you know like we we talked about it but when it comes to abortion there's reasons to get an abortion there's you know when you're just doing it because it's your right and it's the law and you're allowed to and it don't fucking matter think about the people that want children and can never have them but you just have them and kill them like yeah that kind of bothers me sometimes on that certain subject but, you know, it is what it is. Like, supposedly I have a daughter somewhere, you know, and uh, maybe two. <laughs> and oh, shoot. Carrie's got a past two. Maybe we've already had our chances, you know. Maybe God only gave us a few chances and we already had them. You know, who knows? Who knows? There's a reason for everything. Mm -hmm. And there's a silver lining to everything. I don't have to waste another $250,000 raising another child. <laughs> In today's society, we probably a million dollars. Crap, there's freaking. I mean, it's expensive to raise kids. It's expensive. Not your kids. You could just buy bird feed and throw it out there and they'd eat it because they're just so tiny. Oh, they're expensive. Oh, I'm they, sure. They break shit and they want shit. Like Aiden, Aiden wants a new bike. He's, he's, he's asking for this bike that's like, <clears throat> it's like $300, $350. And he wants his bike. And I'm like, I still wish there was a Kmart around. I'd go buy him one of them little huffies from Kmart. Well, like, he's dude. got that bike that you gave him, but he wants a he wants a good he wants a lightweight like he wants one like mine. <clears throat> but that's like built for his. He size don't understand. He don't understand that yours was like six hundred dollars to build. No, it took it was thirteen hundred dollars to build that bike. <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> well, it was. A, it's, I'm not trying to. Well, we dude, just had that. You got to brag dumb about dumber because you'd have gotten that reference I just made. <laughs> He's looking for he's looking for that lady uh Swanson to get her back her, her suitcase she left in the limo and it was like the it was uh the uh what do they call it? Ransom money for mm -hmm. her husband. So they took it and they, and they go to uh they go to Aspen, Colorado to find her. And they're like, maybe they're looking up in the phone book. He's like, I can't he's like, maybe it maybe it's in the phone book. Here, let's look. What is it? He's like, I keep saying something. Swan, Swan, Sam. Maybe it's on the briefcase. Well, Samsonite. That was way off. <laughs> so they look up Samson. I'm not seeing it here, Harry. <laughs> That's funny. That's one of those movies that I'm embarrassed to say I haven't seen. Or I'm not no, seeing it here, Lloyd. That's, oh my God. That's dude. kind of a funny conversation. That's starting to ask. What's one movie that you should have seen that right. that you're embarrassed to say you haven't seen? Oh, that's one shit. of those movies that I that's 
been on my to-do list basically for years oh yeah i just haven't just haven't seen it yet do they're walking down the road they're walking on the sidewalk and aspen and this really really hot chick walks by in yoga pants and her her boyfriend's with her or whatever and jeff daniels plays harry and he kind of turns around and he's like geez look at the butt on that and jim <laughs> carrey turns around and he's like yeah he must work out with <laughs> that's funny just a bunch of one line dumb one-liners dude it's so funny Sold a dead parakeet to a blind kid. <laughs> Dude, what the heck? You gotta watch it, man. You have to watch oh, it. Oh man. Okay. After the after the movie strike, I know we said we were gonna do Back to the Future. But yeah, just so you guys know, be informed. The the other part that we have on this podcast of Opinions of Bowls was a movie review. Yeah. Um uh, Matt, um, since it's his review and I'm the guest host, Matt decided that we're not gonna do any more till the uh till the uh the Hollywood strike, the strike is, over. is over and they're back to negotiations. So technically the strike is over. They're just trying to finish that unless they don't, unless they don't get everything, unless they can't come to an agreement, then they'll go back on strike. Right. So, but I, until we have the definitive it's over, whatever they're back, they made an agreement. We've decided not to do any, cause we talk about new movies that are coming out and that's part of the strike. That's part of the thing. The actors aren't promoting their movies or nobody's promoting writers aren't either. So there's some to, pretty good movies coming out though. I watched the trailer oh, there's yesterday. Some, there's some the toxic stuff. Avenger. Huh? Dude, the beekeeper. Um, what were the, Oh, Wonka. Yeah. I mean, there's some good movies coming out soon. Dune part two should be coming out. Yeah. It's like, Oh gosh. Uh, Reacher Part Two is supposed to drop in December. Yeah, the second season. Yeah, um, we'll get back into it once. Uh, but yeah, I think they I think the movie we do when we come back is Dumb and Dumber, dude. Yeah, we just, have to. just in support of our I guess actors and because they're making con- good content for us to enjoy. They're keeping us entertained while we go through this little journey called life. Yeah, yeah, so just to show some support to them. Yeah, for sure, and I, I'm cool with that. I don't, you know, it's all good. All right, we got one more on the list here. <laughs> Okay, hit so us with it. says, after reading a good message, try to say thanks for the message. So you're thinking yourself or you're thinking a book? You're reading it. I don't know. It says if you read it or somebody texts you with a good message or you read the Oh, like this, yeah, okay. Suppose if you read a, yeah, if you read a good message, try and say thanks for the message. So yeah. If somebody gives you some good advice or you read a good message, good uplifting all. Oh, or if it's inspiring. It's yeah. 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 Try to say thank you. A little uplifting, a little compliment in there. Yeah. Like a, like a taco and an eggplant or yeah. a donut and an eggplant. Yeah. Yeah. Say, well, say thanks. Thing. I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> Start sweating. <laughs> Come <clears throat> working yourself up for Just it. Just remember that quote next time I send you a diet message, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we, pre- we only say thank you if they're inspirational and uplifting. I pretty much I'll say, try. I pretty much say request, acknowledge, and accept it to every single message. Me too. Ever sent, That's all I hit. I just, I just hit that. Unless it requires, have you found a, a package for this address? No. no, no, every time or request, acknowledge, and accept it. Yeah, I have had to say yes to a couple of times to those because if I found the package, like I've told them before, you don't want me to send that as an answer. Take it off the fucking diet. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my answer to everything. Yeah, it works out. So that list right there, <clears throat> like you said, it was more for today's, and it was just kind of like how to be a good human. I think. Yeah. That was a really good list for structure, you know, how you should live your life when it comes to dealing with other people. Yep. Just um, simple little, most of them are simple little things that are just. So let me ask you good, a question. Good courtesies. Um, what is the 
best piece of advice you've ever gotten? That I've ever gotten. Like as far as like quotes like that go or the best piece of advice that you've ever heard that you use in your everyday life? I think I think really the best is just treat people the way you want to be treated. The golden rule. Yeah, just like straight out of the golden, Bible. Yeah. yeah. That's that I've been, is I mean, I've had people teach that in, in church and Sunday school, and I've had people my parents tell me that it's just just treat people the way you want to be treated. If you yep. want to be treated like that, then nope, that's, I mean, if you're going to treat people like that, then that's, that's how you're going to be treated. Right. So just treat people the one you just, I mean, like you say that, like you say on the end of every episode, be kind. Yeah. Be you know, kind to everyone. Like there's no reason to be mean to people. And I was raised up in the church and that's one of the things our parents instilled in us. Treat yeah. people the way I want to be treated. And I think that's why I have a lot of respect on my route from my customers is because I treat their packages as if they were my own. I, I set them down nicely. I put them out of the weather. I take care of their shit, mm-hmm. you know, because I wouldn't want my stuff like that. You yeah. know, it, that that piece of advice right there, there's something that we both grew up on that we've instilled in our everyday life. That is something that is much more needed in this world now more than ever it is is treat people with respect it's not about you know you know i say a lot of stuff about ideology and the way people feel and all the shit going on right now with transgenderism and lgbtq plus whatever it is and uh um he, he they them and shit you know i don't have a problem with them people i have a problem with the way they act about it you know, and the way they say shit about it and the way they get in arguments and the way they treat people. I'm not treating you bad. I'm not going to treat you bad if you're nice to me. Like I've told several people before, if I misgender you or mislabel you or miss, uh, you don't use the proper pronouns, it's not my job to guess how you feel. Yeah. Tell me. Have a conversation with me. Don't yell at me. Don't fucking yell at me because what will I do? Match the energy. Goddamn right I will. Match your energy. Don't yell at me about it. You tell me that. And don't say, I feel threatened and I'm offended. Don't say that shit. Say, well, obviously you're a sir. (laughs) Sir, I go by this, this, and this. I would appreciate if you would say that. No problem. I, I am willing to make you feel comfortable around me. I have no problem having a conversation about it. But if you come at me with this aggressive energy i will fucking match it yeah i will tell you how it is yeah what is the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten Mm, i don't know i think part of it comes back to that other that other one about uh people's what did it say about opinions listen listen or when someone's saying something listen listen to listen to them all and filter where to go I can't find it shoot oh there it is hear them all and filter them all so I think anybody I think if I've gotten bad advice I just kind of filter it and I just don't really remember I can't really think of anything yeah well I mean I can't really think. What about you for those two questions? What's the best advice you've been given? Um, I guess 
the best piece the best piece of advice I was ever told or one of the greatest lessons I ever learned growing up comes from a quote that I've said on here several times and I can't remember who said the quote it was either uh, uh, Roosevelt or um, Lincoln or someone else like that one of the ex-presidents or something he said uh, a man who always tells the truth never has to remember what he said. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, that's something that was always instilled in us. Just tell the truth. That sounds like something Abraham Lincoln would have said. They called yeah. him honest Abe. People, people will be less mad at you. Yeah, people will be less mad at you if you're just honest. Just be honest. And you know what? Like my brother Jamie once told me, he says, Jake, that's probably your your best attribute and your worst flaw. Yeah. Is that you're honest. Because people can't handle the truth sometimes. Yeah, I was just gonna say that they might not like what you say sometimes, because but it's because it's the truth. But they will, uh, you know, people get people blow up on you when you tell them the truth, or it hurts their feelings, or something like. That's not my goal, but that goes down to the other question. Don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. That's right. If you don't want the honest answer, don't yeah. don't ask me. Don't ask me. I'm not gonna come up and just be honest with you and tell you how I feel. Yeah. I can, I can harbor feelings. I can hold that there and still treat you like a human being. But if you ask me, I don't know what the heck that was. If you ask me Somebody's how I snoring. feel. One of the dogs is snoring. If you ask me how I feel about you or what I think of you, that's just a dumb question because I'll tell you. Yeah. And or, then don't get mad at me for the answer because you ask. Yeah. And I've been in, in like previous friend circles and in our, some other people that we used to, I mean, a couple of people that we used to hang out with all the time, but um, some of our other friends circles, people, I'm, um, there was a funny thing that there's somebody's, I think there was a Facebook thing. There's always that, there's always that one friend in your, your circle of friends. You have to tell, tell when they're meeting new people, you have to tell them to be nice. Right. Um, I, I used I used to be that person a lot just because if, I mean if you're being dumb I'm gonna tell you you're being dumb I'm gonna tell you how it is oh, yeah. I'm gonna tell you the truth I'm gonna tell you what I you ask me what I think I'm gonna tell you what I think yep. and it's not always what people want to hear and then and then a lot of times a lot of times with our with some of our other friends um, I'm I'm pretty sarcastic at times yeah sometimes people think I'm just straight telling you like just because of my tone and my delivery I'm telling you what I think because you asked what I think. And sometimes people think I'm just being sarcastic and they kind of laugh, they're, they're laughing it off. And maybe when they think about it, it's like, oh, maybe he was being truthful or maybe that's really what, like, yeah. <clears throat> you asked the question, I've told you the answer. On the other hand, the worst piece of advice I've ever gotten is probably be honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like we said before, know your audience. Yeah. On one of them other quotes, like know your audience. There's some people you just shouldn't be honest with. Yeah. There's some people like I've never told a lie. I've participated. Yeah. Willfully participated in, in the propaganda, propaganda of misinformation. misinformation. <laughs> yes. So good like, old Fox Mulder. Like like you said, know your audience. I know most people that I consort with, you know, people that I talk to, people that I hang out with. I know them well enough to know that i guess I, I know them well enough to know that i can um talk to them a certain way and be a certain way with them so it helps that it helps me be more honest or take the sharpness off the honesty you know yeah I, i'm not trying to hurt people's feelings if there's if you piss me off and ask me a question 
I'm going to tell you the most blunt, honest fucking truth, and I'm not going to say it nicely. Yeah. If you're one of my great friends and I love you to death and I think you're a great person and I don't want to hurt your feelings, I will say it with the most kid-friendly edges I can put on it to save your feelings. Yeah. Because I want you to know how I feel, but I don't want to ruin you. So I will chip it down a little bit and put a little spin on it maybe so I don't crush you. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like what I was saying that people, they hear my somewhat sarcastic tone and I'm always such a smart ass that a lot of times they laugh it off and they're okay with it. But I mean, everybody else who knows me, yeah, <laughs> like Amanda, Amanda will say, well, no, he's not being, he's not joking. Yeah. He's telling right. you the truth. He's telling you exactly what, how he feels about that. Well, it's like, oh. So other people laugh because everybody laughs because they know I'm being sarcastic and they know I'm telling you the truth. But some people laugh because they think I'm joking about it. It's like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Carrie always tells me, she's like, Jake, it's not what you said. It's how you how sound. You, how you sound, yeah. It's how you say it. You know, I, I could be trying. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not excited or nothing. But the way I say it can frighten people sometimes or really hurt someone's feelings. Mm -hmm. And I told she's starting to get like that. She's starting to say things that she just don't realize how she's saying them. And she says them to me. And I'm like. I come home and she's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, you don't need to fucking snap at me like that. I don't deserve that. Yeah. I'm always polite to you and love you and honest with you. And I don't go out chasing women and I don't go to the bars and shit. I'm always home. I'm never like that. I'm never that type of person. I don't deserve this attitude from you. I did nothing wrong. And she's like, oh, I'm just having a bad day. I said, well, don't fucking take it out on me. I don't deserve it. Yeah. You know? She gets to, a little snippy, but I'm the only person she really, really talks to. Mm -hmm. So anything that happens in her life, if it really pissed her off, I get the blunt of it. And I'm not a fan of that. But I, I let it go. And I tell her I love her and I give her a kiss. And she usually apologizes. But it's happening more and more often recently. And I know a lot of it has to do with her mental health and stuff and the way she's been feeling lately and stuff. And I'm understanding of that. But she needs to also understand that I am the one that comes home to her every night. And I'm the one that's there. Mm -hmm. You cannot treat me like that. Yeah, I've had to learn that with, with Amanda. That she's she's always like, why are you being so snappy with me? Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I didn't even bother. I didn't even realize I was doing that a lot of the time. So I've had to just be aware. Be but, aware of that. Like your mom always says when we talked, the two times we've had conversations with her on this podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to those, you can. Those are great episodes. They're really too. good episodes. But she always says, you know, the way me and you deal with conversations and with people, and it, it takes a lot of uh, what she say. What does she call it? Uh, like uh, mental maturity, mm. where she's like, you know, it takes a lot of, uh, yeah, it takes a lot of mental maturity to be able to, you know work things out like that and be able to deal with them and understand yeah. that if you're being mean to someone and they don't appreciate it, how to calm the situation down and take responsibility for it, but still cool, calm the situation down, you know? Yeah. And that has a lot to do with a lot of these quotes, you know, like people, a lot of the problems that people have with other people is in their own mind and not just that person. Yeah. It's the way you feel about shit. It's like, if you, I was thinking about this yesterday for some reason. Like, if there was one woman in a room and everybody gets along, but they don't get along with her, 
but she thinks everyone else is wrong for not getting along with her. But she don't realize that she's the fucking problem. Yeah, that happens a lot. It happens a lot. A lot of people, I mean, it's like uh what is it in a or there's a, a funny a funny way to look at it if there's if you yeah in a workplace there's always there's always an asshole. Mm-hmm. And if you can't figure out who that asshole is, it might be you. It probably it's probably you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so, if everyone's I mean, it's in like, a room talking and one guy walks in and everyone stops talking, and the guy's like well, that was kind of rude. You all a bunch of assholes. Stop talking. Like, well, well, you're fucking, you're the problem. We don't yeah. want to talk around you. Yeah. A lot of, you're I, an think, asshole. I think a big thing that people, some people need to, unfortunately, a lot of, some people need to realize that, that if, I mean, if you're coming, if you're having the same issue with everybody, that it, you might have to 90% of that problem. You are the problem. I mean, if, I mean, if you, you I mean, if every, if like, or just, just, for example, relationships. If all of your relationships are ending the same exact way, it's like I mean, maybe, maybe you need to change. If maybe something's wrong with you, yeah, for maybe, sure. Maybe I mean, because you're contributing to that <clears throat> relationship. Also, it's not everybody else's. Some of your problems aren't everybody else's. It's like that dad joke. Don't blame other people for the road you're on. It's your own asphalt. That's right. I love that. Dude. That's great. <laughs> I mean, you Hell yeah. I mean, you're the one making the decisions for your life. So you're. you're deciding that outcome heck yeah so there's a lot 90 percent of well i mean a lot of relationship issues there's there are i mean it's half and half and it can be other people's part of other people's problems that's one one thing that i always thought of but they talk about marriage being 50 50 like you know divorce is 50 50 that's the ratio of, it depends on what state you're in <laughs> well no the no well the divorce rate i mean half of all marriages end in, in divorce right. okay 50 50 50 50 i I mean, Amanda and I have talked about it, but marriage is 100%, 100%. Well, you can't give half to that person and expect everything to be okay. You you have to work at it 100%. Well, they have to know, work at it 100%. I, mean, I heard not, a psychologist talking about this a uh, couple weeks ago, actually. And she says, uh, marriage is not 50-50 ever. She said a marriage is, however, one of the people, she said it's always 100% together. But it depends on how the people are feeling that day. Yeah. I think so that's, if you came home and Amanda says, I'm feeling like 23%. I think that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, you need to be the man that steps I'm, up and takes that other 27% yeah. or that other 80, 80, uh, 87% or 77% and be like, I need to pick that up. Yeah. That's on me. And then you like, come home the next day and you're like, I'm exhausted. Work sucked today. I'm at like 35%. She needs to step up and say sixty five percent of that is mine now, and yeah. I know that's what you were getting at. That's what I was. That's what I was trying to say. That's how. Right. That's what I was. How I meant. How I meant that. Yeah. Right. It's not. It's not fifty fifty. Sometimes it's more. I mean, it's it's a hundred percent. It's a hundred. You both have. You both have to work at and you both it, have to try. Marriage is never settled at fifty fifty. You both have to give the one hundred percent. So if she's at 50 and you're at 50, well, then technically it can be 50-50 if you're both doing something half and half yeah. on that day. But it's not 50-50 all the time. It's going to be 10-90. It's going to be 20-80. It's going to be 30-70, It's going to be like that all the time because no one ever feels like coming home and doing the dishes. No one ever feels like coming home and vacuuming. No one ever feels like cleaning the toilets. Yeah. You know, but there's days when, it has to be done, but she, say Amanda's 
cooking dinner. And she's like, well, I'm cooking dinner. I did the dishes. I'm doing this. Okay, that's on me. I'll go take care of the bathroom. Then I will clean the bathrooms. Like well, she doesn't like toilets, so Carrie, Carrie don't like it either. And when I like Carrie will clean the bathrooms, but when I do it, fuck, I gi that shit. <laughs> and she's like, "Why do? You, how do you clean it so good?" I was like, "It's attention to detail. You yeah. go through every crack and get everything. There's no point in cleaning anything half-assed. Yeah, if you're gonna clean it, clean it. That, I think that's a good. Oh, how did he sit? <clears throat> my my grandfather told my mom something and she she i want to say i heard it when i was a kid but he passed away when i was pretty young but uh but he he would always talk about that because he was i swear he was i want to say my mom said he was a drill sergeant for a bit oh As shit he was in because he was a marine and he did he was in uh where did he go korea I don't know. I wasn't there, man. I think he, <laughs> I think that was his, one of his tours of duty. When I, I think he was, he was there for Korea. Heck yeah. I think he was there, but I want to say, she said he was a drill sergeant for a bit. And that, I mean, he used to always tell everybody, I mean, don't, don't do it half-ass. For sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do the job, do it right. Don't half-ass it. Yeah. Was, don't half-ass some, anything. Was something he would always, he would always tell her. So that was good. I've got, I found another one. I, I said, I've got, I, found, I took a picture of a package on, it, it kind of goes along with one of the things we were saying, talking about advice and different things. This is don't listen to the advice of people who are living lives that you don't want to live. So don't listen to the advice of people who are living lives that you don't want to live. I suppose. So, but I mean, if someone's trying to give advice, and they're, I mean, you don't like, you. I mean, really, you don't like that person. You don't like the life they're living or they're not living a very good life. And they're trying to give advice to everybody on how to live. It's like, well. That's fair. That's like a, that's like a, that's like a poor man telling you how to invest. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, like, I, I suppose that's fair. I don't really need to listen. To I was advice. thinking, but what if it's really good advice? Yeah. Like, I mean, you have to take everything with a grain of salt at that yeah. point. I mean, that, that, that's a fair piece of advice. And it's a good rule to live by, but that goes down. That comes down to not really judging people either. Like, yeah, treat people the way you want to be treated. I want. I wouldn't want them to look at me like I can't tell them advice either, though. Yeah, you know, because they don't. But like you're like you're saying, to, to taking a poor man's advice. I mean, if you're if you're trying to uh, if you're trying to be successful, don't right. go, don't go get advice from people who who. Well, I mean, that's not really that great either because well, it's like this morning Ethan's telling me he's like, You failure. shouldn't have made that trade. You shouldn't have done this. I said, dude, I won this fucking thing last year. You can talk to me when you've won a yeah. game. Yeah. Like and, and then he's like, Oh, that, well, I'm gonna win this week. I said, Okay, when you win two <laughs> <laughs> I said, after you win two games, you can start giving me advice on how to run my team. Yeah. Cause there's you can't talk until you've accomplished, dude. Because I mean, if you want to be successful, you seek advice from people who are successful. I think if you're gonna take advice from people, it should be from people that's already accomplished what you're looking for advice on. Yeah, I think that's that's basically what it's saying. Yeah. That's yeah. what you know, if I've I've been to war. I've seen it, I've done it, I've done the military. If you're a young kid thinking about going to the military, come ask me my advice. My advice is gonna be much better than your mom's. That's never served. Yeah. Or who just doesn't want you to go off and get hurt. Yeah. Ask for someone's advice. advice. That's been yeah. there. That's done it. That's seen it. Yeah. Like. I think that's what this is saying. I would never go ask my son about riding a BMX bike 
or bike stuff because he's never done it. But I would ask you your advice if I was looking to buy a bike. Yeah. Because you wouldn't do me wrong. Because you know about BMX bikes and skateboards and shit. You know what's up with them. Yeah. I'm not going to ask someone's advice that's ever been there. So <clears throat> I know we talked a lot about advice and that's words a good, of wisdom. That's a good way. Like you, you just said, would never ask advice from someone who's never been there. Yeah. That's a good way to, I guess, rephrase this. Right. And, I'd never ask. I'd never ask advice from anybody that's never been there or done it. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, if I was looking for investing advice right now, I'd probably go talk to Mike Holmes. No kidding. No, no, there's no way around that. Yeah. He's someone who's invested some money. He's already done well. Failed, failed a bunch of times, but, but have had some success. I mean, you look at, and he's already helped a few people. Look at those guys on, on shark tank. Yeah. Those guys are crazy. But Mr. Wonderful, whatever that, I don't remember what his real name is, but Mark Cuban too. And then Mark Cuban. He's, he's done some, he's failed a lot, but he's, he's done a lot of, really good investments and made made some well, some things happen with his money he's never failed failure is success training yeah yeah tra- he's never training. failed he's had a lot of success training. failure failure is part of success for sure nobody that's ever succeeded hasn't failed what's that what do they say if at first you don't succeed try again yep and but many of them have tried several times on the other hand though if at first you don't succeed failure may be your thing <laughs> that's fair too <laughs> that's if you never try again and it depends on what kind of advice you're getting and where you're coming from and how you're living your life but also the other thing oh shoot one of the other things i gotta look it up is uh what uh sylvester stallone wrote for rocky because he wrote rocky yeah 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 he wrote most of the movies yeah i think he wrote all of them i think so he might have written like the second or th- a third and fourth Rambo too. Oh, that's <clears throat> that's possible. Where is that? Because he was talking to his he was talking to his his son. It says it ain't it ain't about how hard you you how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Because what he says is his life is going to keep coming at you. Yeah. He's, he's it ain't about how hard how hard you hit it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward because that's how living is that's how living is done Mm -hmm. you have to keep moving forward like you know when i hear that people pass away up north and stuff i always give try to give people peaceful quotes like things to live by you know things to just help them out with that and you know there was a there was a lady up there that her it was either her boyfriend or her husband or something passed away. And I told her, I said, you know, she was sitting in the bar drinking and stuff, you know, really down on herself. And I said, I said, I'm, I'm going to tell you a couple things here real quick. I said, the first thing is you already accomplished the greatest thing you can do in a day. You woke up. Yeah, you woke up. You woke up. You're still here. Like, you're still on this earth. You still get to see another day. You can go hug your parents and your kids. You can still love yourself. And the second piece of advice I would give you is that man loved you more than he loved himself. He would hate to see you wallowing in his sorrow. Yeah. You need to keep moving forward. That's all. He would hate. Um, yeah. You don't have to forget someone to move forward. And grieving grieving happens to everybody, and everybody grieves in their own ways. And I understand that. But there's nothing wrong with getting a good shoulder to cry on. Yeah. 
there's nothing wrong with that's good having something in your mind that will help you take the pain away and think about something else that will only help you improve with this um with this grief you know there was a lady up there that her sister had her kids taken away and she took her kid she took her sister's kids in and now she's really stressed out every day and i told her that advice and like she come up to me one day i said how you doing she goes oh not good i'm just really stressed out today i don't know how much more of this i can take and i said just remember you already accomplished the most important thing you have to do today you woke up everything else is gratuitous you woke up live your life take care of your kids smile you still get to hug them you still get to see them every day I seen her like two weeks later and I said, how are you doing today? You know, she's like, that advice you gave me helped so much, Jake. She said, That's I feel good. so much better after hearing that. I said, I think about it every day. She said, I keep moving forward because of that. That's great. That's awesome. I said, that really, I almost cried a little bit. I was like, that really touches me that I could help <laughs> you like that, you know? Like, I love being able to be inspirational to people. And, you know, it's the most unlikely people you would think of that are the most inspired by you too. You know, it's the people that didn't know they needed to hear it. That's the greatest part. I found the rest of that. I found the full, that full quote when he's talking. To, oh, shoot. I just did, made it disappear. There it is. It says from Rocky Balboa from that movie. He's talking to his son. He says, let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshines and rainbows. Sunshine and rainbows. <clears throat> it, says, it, is, it is a very mean and nasty place and will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. it says you it says you me and nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about it ain't it ain't how hard you hit. It's about how hard how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. It says now Oh, shoot, I lost my place. <laughs> oh, I can't read very well. Now if you know now if you know what you're worth then you go go out there and get what you're worth, <clears throat> but you got to be willing to take a hit, and not not pointing fingers and saying you ain't where you are because of him, her, or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. That's kind of talks about a couple of the things we're saying. Pointing fingers and says uh, it says, but you got to be willing to take a hit and and pointing fingers saying saying uh, you ain't where you are because of him because of her. I mean we. Yeah, I mentioned that already. I just like I just like that quote. I, I, mean, I love that quote. I've seen it several times. I don't know what you're talking about. Those I mean, I've seen those movies a bunch of times. I like that was Rocky Five. Might have been. It was after he was already famous, and his his son was a little bit more grown. And yeah, that was when he, he was having that uh, Mason Dixon, wasn't it? Maybe that uh, champ or whatever. Or was that the one where he fought Tommy Gunn? That was number. Is that four? That was five. Is that five? So it might have been the one after five. It was six. Yeah. Yeah. It was the one, the Rocky, the just the new one that came out. Oh, he was talking to it was it was it was like it might have been two or three. Rocky Rocky two, because his son was young. His son no, was that that quote right there, that happened standing outside the restaurant that Rocky was the manager of in the, the new Rocky. That was when he fought that Mason Dixon. Did it? Is yeah. it then? I thought it was talking to someone who was younger. No, no, no. That one, uh, that took place um, when Rocky befriended that young girl that lived around his area yeah. or whatever. When um, when that when guy he had that van, he drove around in the van and stuff. What's that guy from 
the actor who played his son when he he was he played in This Is Us. He was the dad in This Is Us. I have no that idea. actor. You don't know This Is Us. I don't remember what. That's the one that was. played his kid number four, right? Or was that the one that played his kid number five with was Tommy Gunn when he was older? Yeah, when they had to put the earring in and stuff. Hey, you can't talk to me like that, man. What are you talking? Come here, kid. What are you talking about? Yeah. No, I don't remember when that was. Shoot. I haven't seen him in a long hey, time. Hey, yo, but. why do cows wear belts? Because their horns don't work. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Dad jokes have been going for a long time. What's the difference between a, uh, how, how does it go? What's the difference between a fish and a piano? You can tune a fish, but you can't tune a piano. Yeah, you can't tune a piano. There's another good one. Or no, you can tune a piano, but you can't tune yeah, a fish. You can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. Yeah, that's funny. There's another good one from one of one of the movies. It says, every champ was once a contender who refused to give up. Facts. That's a true statement yeah. right there. But yeah. all of great quotes, you know, a lot of the great quotes in the world go down to one subject. But some of them can be quite inspirational. And something that you can think about and dwell on a little bit and actually give some consideration to. Like, what what would you say your favorite quote is? If you had to pick a quote that you've heard either recently in the past, something that's just stuck with you. I think that one that I just read, that's one, that quote from Rocky, that's one that I always read. Is it, it, ain't about, it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Because he said, man, that's how winning, that's how winning is done. So I just like that. And yeah. Towards the end, where it says, "I mean, he says you can't point your finger saying you're 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 not where you are. You ain't where you are because of him, because of her, because of the, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It it's come down to you. I mean, really, that's that's something I've said several times. Like, I just know. I like that quote a lot. I mean, I like those Rocky movies. I used to have a giant full size, like a movie size billboard poster, like the movies, the big ones yeah, that yeah. they keep outside. That's what you said. It was, it was the Rocky one. The, it was the movie, recreation movie poster from Rocky. So, I, I don't know. I just, I like those movies a lot. I've told a lot of people that recently, you know, because we used to work with a uh, recovering or recovered drug addict who was sober and stuff. And uh, <clears throat> I, I've told people, I was like, you know, your entire life consists of decisions you've made everything that happens to your that, that's what it is everything that's happened to you in your life is based on a decision you made it doesn't matter what happened to you it's nobody else's fault it's yeah. a decision you made and you know sometimes decisions backfire sometimes they come back on you yeah but it's nobody else's fault that you are where you are it's a decision you made you know whether the decision was to better yourself and it didn't work out it's still you made that decision to go there you didn't know that person was going to treat you like that. But then again, you don't know that person. You know, uh, I didn't mean to get addicted to drugs. Well, you went to the wrong party with the wrong people. You hung out with the wrong people. I didn't mean to become an alcoholic. It was still a result of the well, decisions that you made. You decided to grab a beer out of your dad's cooler when you were 11 and drink a beer and you enjoyed it. You still made that decision to start. Everything that happens to you is based on a decision you made. Yeah, all, every, I mean, it's like the like the dad joke that I said. Can't blame anyone for the road you're on. It's your own ass fault. Exactly. That's a funny way to look at it. But I mean, all I mean, your your life with the point the point you're at in your life is all because of consequences to your decisions and actions. 
and everybody hears consequences and they always hear bad. There's good consequences and there are bad consequences. I mean, everything that you've done is like you're saying, it's, it's, it's a result of your decisions and your actions. You, I mean, you really yeah. you can't blame anybody for the road you're on. I mean, unless, I mean, in, unless somebody hit you with the car, right. Then you can blame that person for that's why you can't walk. Right. No, but I mean, you did still make the decision to walk across the street. You just didn't know there was going to be a car there. Absolutely. Maybe you should have looked both ways. That's a good look both ways look before, both you, cross ways before you cross the street. I still, I still do that. Yeah, every time I'm too. at, every time I'm at the back of the truck, and yep. then I've, I've started to, in the last like six months, I rub the dust off of my taillights, taillights to, yep. to make sure I pause. So I don't just, cause I don't know how many times I've come around the back of the truck and taken two steps out and, oh, there's a car there and go. And then and that, and right. as I'm looking, like walking, as I'm looking, oh, there's a car coming in and stop. I, in the last six months, I've, I've wiped some dirt off my, my tail at one of the lights. That way I'm physically, I'm there for a split second to stop and then, okay, to look. And then, and then, cause I don't want to get hit by a car. No, not at all. <laughs> that wouldn't be fun. I agree with you. So I, I think, uh, I think it kind of wraps that up. Yeah. Do you want to hear my 12 reasons why handgun, handguns are better than women? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll save that for another episode. Did you I save that, that picture too? Yeah, I took a picture of that on the bathroom. Oh, wall that's right. You, you were going to say that. So yeah. go ahead and say that real quick. Yeah, all right. We'll just, I'll just run through them real quick. Real quick and we'll laugh. I remember this is a joke. Uh, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're just joking. But it's funny. It says 12 reasons handguns are better than women. Number one, you can silence, you can buy a silencer for a handgun. Absolutely. Number two, you can trade your 44 for two 22s. Number three is you can have a handgun at home and another one for the road. If you admire, <laughs> if you admire, admire a friend's handgun and tell him and tell him so, he will be impressed and let you try it out. Excuse your handgun me. will stay with you even when you're out of ammo. Your primary handgun doesn't mind if you have a backup. Handguns don't take up as a lot of space in your closet. Handguns function normally every day of the month. A handgun won't ask, do these girls make me look, does this, oh, do these grips make me look fat? Right. A handgun doesn't mind if you sleep, if you sleep right after you're done using it. <laughs> That's funny. A handgun, uh, a handgun doesn't care <clears throat> how big your trigger finger is. And the last one is a handgun won't complain if you're a little fast on the trigger. For shizzle. <laughs> I remember that's a joke. That's I thought, funny. I thought it was yeah. funny. That is pretty good. Sorry, I was sneezing, man. I don't know what came over me right there. <laughs> that's all right. No worries. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you want to tell us uh, your favorite quote, uh, an inspirational quote, something that you've heard throughout your life that you still use today, or yeah, or tell us the best advice or the and the worst advice you've ever gotten. Yeah, uh, you can hit us with a DM, Instagram on opinions and buttholes, or you can hit us up with an email, opinions and buttholes at gmail dot com. Hate mail or great mail, we just want mail. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, uh, as far as the Rocky quote does, if you're pointing fingers at people, if you're not listening to this podcast, you can only point them at yourself. Yeah. Fucking turn it on and listen to it. Tell your friends. It's your fault. Yeah. Keep it going. Let's get it out there. Let's get it listened to. Uh tell people about it. Uh obviously if you're listening to it every week, you enjoy it. So we got some people telling I told you outside I had a kid outside look up look up at me. Hey, you're the guy for yeah, yeah, opinions yeah. and bubbles. I was like, 
What? Well, the one that still takes me back is the one my buddy up there, that rich guy, was yeah, at yeah. McDonald's sitting in the McDonald's. park. And he's seen you. He's like, yeah, I seen him. It was great. And I was like, <laughs> that was yeah. cool. Matt's a little bit of a celebrity in some I've places. gotten recognized by two people out in, out in the wild now. Nobody recognizes me at all. <laughs> I guess I'm just fucking chop liver. But the greatest quote I've ever heard, and I have it tattooed on my arm, and I've said it to several people, only the dead have seen the end of war. Yeah. The way we kicked this off was talking about PTSD and veteran suicide. Uh, you don't stop seeing war once you've been there and seen it. Nobody will stop seeing it. The only way you stop seeing it is if you're dead. I don't want them to take their own lives to stop seeing it. I want them to get the help they need. And we need more people that have compassion for veterans and the things they've done for this country and the things they've had to do to support them and get them the proper treatment they need. Yeah, I mean, if you are listening to this and you don't be afraid, just swallow your any any pride that you might have or any um, any reservations you might have. There's there's people out there who love you that will help, and yeah. there's organizations out there that are set up for that. There's there's a lot of resources. Um, I mean, that's I mean that's the, one of the whole reasons why we want to start. We want we're going to start this little uh nonprofit organization and, and and listen here if you are a veteran listening to this and you're thinking about or you just need a good shoulder to cry on or someone to talk to that's been there and done that and seen it uh my name is jake dick my phone number is 231-670-4897 give me a call first before you make any rash decisions and uh i'll talk to you about it seriously we'll yeah. have a good talk i'll invite matt over we'll have some beers you know what shit we'll take you out fishing with us yeah we'll go have a good time we'll hang out we'll hear your story and uh we will be very respectful and compassionate towards you and uh as long as you're respectful and compassionate toward us we'll match your energy if that's what you want uh you know but i'm willing to help out any veteran that's been through it that needs help and i'm willing to talk to anybody about it and be a shoulder and a rock for you if you need it and i'll cry with you like let, let's do that I'd rather have you do that than your whole family crying at your funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Make make uh, make the right decision. If you need to talk, call me. With that being said, it's the end of the episode for Opinions and Buttholes. Everyone's got one. I'm Jake. I'm Matt. Be kind to everyone. Peace. Peace.